So if we talk about the young generation, a question for both uh, of you. Um, should we start teaching in school maybe with a topic like ecological awareness to start teaching that in school? I mean, of course you could do that, but I think it would be better to, to include that aspect in all other subjects so that we show that everything is connected. I am not a bigot. I am a good global citizen and believe all the socially acceptable things that the good grown-ups at the big banks tell the TV screens to tell me to believe. Welcome to the planet, my dears. Wipe your feet. Come on in. No more need for coats in your mother's den. What do you see as the biggest challenges in, in conservation? Uh, the, the growing human population. Because if where we are, there's nothing else. And do you have views about what should be done about that? Contract, yes. Then the doors burst open. The king and queen walk through. There's our precious daughter. If they did not know what love meant, who would? I am so happy that Prince Philip, friend of Jimmy Savile and father of philanthropist and champion of science Jeffrey Epstein's close friend Prince Andrew, and enlightened scientists like Bill Nye will come up with solutions to the hashtag climate crisis. I believe when the TV tells me that science says the earth is dying because of climate change, which is why I became a vegan activist, but I wish we knew how to stop it so poor Prince Philip and Greta can have their futures back. Growing population is a problem, but notice that the rate that the population is growing, human population is growing, is slowing down. It's, it's apparently raising the standard of living of women and girls, people like you. As women and girls get better educated, they have fewer kids, and the kids they do have have more resources, so they're better taken care of and they are more successful. And I think that was the biggest aha to Bill and me when we got into this work, is we asked ourselves, of course, the same hard-nosed question you'd ask, which is, if you get into this work and you start to save these children, will women just keep overpopulating the world? And thank goodness the converse is absolutely true, because they don't do that. In this year's annual letter, Melinda and I take the toughest questions we get asked and give our answers. One that's come up for a long time is, as we make the world healthier, is the population going to get so big that feeding everybody and maintaining the environment is going to be impossible? We find that in every country of the world, this is repeated. The population growth goes down as we improve health. That the faster we improve health, the faster family size goes down. And so we can feel great about saving those lives Having a child means that your net carbon output per year in tons is 59. From one child is 59. Going on a vegan diet removes 0.8. So if you have a child, that's literally making up for like 70 vegans. That's, that's exactly you know, if, if you go car free, if I lived in Man if I live in Manhattan and I don't drive, I am the equivalent of three vegans. If I wash my clothes with cold water, if I hang them to dry and I recycle everything, that's the equivalent of one vegan diet. I am so glad my educated wife knew better than to have children. It gives me more time to become a better version of myself. 
If we did have kids she wouldn't have this great job and I couldn't have gotten the vasectomy from Dr. Gregor that her corporate health insurance paid for. My wife's boyfriend suggested I take a break from playing my Nintendo Switch and doing hardcore vegan activism in YouTube comments a few times a week to meditate or exercise but even my spiritual leader, Sotguru, is concerned about the hashtag climate crisis. Maybe he has a viable solution to this real and not made up crisis that is going to make everything bad happen if we don't do what the good grown-ups in government, banks, and the media tell us to do. Unless you reduce the human footprint on the planet, there is no solution for anything. Then they ask me a brilliant question, how do you reduce the human footprint? I said, you have to reduce the number of feet. That's the only way. So, right now, it doesn't matter what others think, all of you who are here and those of you who are hanging out with me, we can take it upon ourselves that we will not push the human population. You can have a dog. He promoted this on television and, and he went around all the agricultural shows and he had a... Tr I mean, it was a one-man thing and it had a tremendous effect. It reduced it from three percent to one percent. But one of the things he said to the farmers, he said, look, you don't need all these children, it's ridiculous. You, you've got to feed them all, clothe them all, educate them all and, and look after their health. It's, so have a few. And then if you want to go on entertaining yourself, have a vasectomy. Oh, yes. Well, how do I do that? Well, I'll organize it for you. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll have buses running into Bangkok on the king's birthday, very auspicious day. <laughs> and you will go into, and he took over a whole lot of school halls and that sort of thing. And he, and he, had, he showed me a photograph of all these beds and everything. And people went in and, they, and I said, but how did they take it? Well, he said they didn't like being seen to have the operation. Oh, I said, really, how do you do that? I had visions of, you know, putting up. Oh, he said, it's quite simple, I blindfolded them. <laughs> global citizens breaking news. I am not a bigot. I am a good global citizen who takes the recommended daily dosage of vitamin TV to keep me in a state of anxiety, agitation, confusion and learned helplessness. I am not a science denier. I trust the experts. I do not deny science. The good grown-up experts from science on the TV interrupt this totally real and not made up hashtag climate crisis to bring you information from a more important and totally real death threat from a global pandemic virus. We must all listen to the experts from science and obey the TV and participate in this totally necessary and justified, mandatory panic. Uh, spoiler alert, you're a scientist. What I will say of this virus, I think we're in the middle of a massive experiment worldwide. And that and where is... Where are the guinea pigs? Uh, uh, maybe. The experiment is, will people listen to scientists? <laughs> In, in this case, referring to medical professionals? Medical professionals. In this particular say, case? Say Anthony Fauci over for, at Allergy and Infectious Disease. For example, yeah. and 
Um, are you washing your hands? And are you taking these precautions? These are warnings offered by scientists. And for our own good. For our own good. And I'd be interesting if we all paid attention to what scientists say, obeying the recommendations of scientists. It's an interesting experiment we're in the middle of. Report by Johns Hopkins researchers and said that as many as 6,000 children a day could die over a six-month period from preventable causes because of healthcare system disruptions caused by the coronavirus. Our next guest, uh, Greta Thunberg, recently gave $100,000 she had received for her climate change activism to UNICEF to help protect kids from the pandemic. She's also helping raise even more money for UNICEF. She recently revealed she believes she may have had coronavirus after returning home from working in Europe. She said her symptoms were very mild and her father, who had traveled with her, also got sick. We spoke to uh, Greta Thunberg earlier this afternoon. During this crisis, during any crisis, it is always the, the most vulnerable people who are hit the hardest, and that is children. Um, because there's so much focus on coronavirus, there's a lot of kids around the world who may die of things that are very treatable, but because medical systems are overwhelmed, it's going to impact children uh, in ways that a lot of people don't really anticipate. I have to say as well, I mean, Anderson and I have traveled around the world and seen the, the amazing work UNICEF has done in various places. I mean, it's a really is a, a terrific organization, Children's Emergency Fund. I am so, so scared. If the extra non-essential people don't all obey science and stop working, wear masks, obey social distancing guidelines from science, and stay home until the good grown-ups tell us it's safe again, Everything bad will happen always and all the people will die. The models clearly show that this is necessary and we have no choice but to listen to the experts from science. I am not selfish. I am a good global citizen who does not hate children and grandma. I will listen to what this brave, grassroots 16-year-old human shield tells me to do. I am not a bigot. The science is settled. We must accept a new normal. My wife's boyfriend is an essential worker on the front lines. He is a university graduate and a department manager at Walmart and understands the science and the models. He assures me that this is the right thing for us non-essential people to do. I've seen you talk about online too is just how important it is to listen to experts and listen to science. And this is a time when, you know, I was not a very good science student um, when I was in school. Um, but this is a time it seems that, you know, the global scientific community is so critically important. And we're really seeing just how important it is to, to follow science. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and I hope that we can see now the the scientific community are stepping up and they are they are speaking up more than they have they done before because obviously this is a crisis that require the scientific community to speak up and um, and I hope that people really it it feels like uh, science is getting uh, the role of science is is changing now it's becoming more people are starting to realize that we are actually depending on science and that we need to listen to scientists and experts. And I, I really hope that we, that, that stays and that's, that also, um, is, is for, for other crises such as the climate crisis and the environmental crisis that we actually understand that we have to listen to, to the scientists. 
If the world was vegan, there would be no COVID-19. Up until 10,000 years ago, there were no epidemic diseases. What changed? We domesticated animals. How's it going? I hope you're being safe out there and in good health. And certainly, I hope you're having enough toilet paper at home. Corona emerged due to the consumption of meat. What can I do in the future to prevent this? Leave the meat off your plate. Don't buy any animal products and don't consume anything that an animal died for or has been raped for or has been tortured for. You know what I'm saying? So in order to avoid a pandemic in the future, you might want to look into your current diet and, and see what consequences to have an animal on your plate might have on a global scale. And you're seeing it right now. You know, this is a small taste. American philosopher John Rawls devised a thought experiment called the Veil of Ignorance. He suggested that when trying to determine a moral course of action on an issue that affects multiple people, we should make that decision from a veil of ignorance in regarding which person we will be. For instance, when designing a social policy that affects two different classes of people, one can imagine that once this policy has been designed, one will be placed somewhere in this society with an equal chance of ending up in either of the two classes. The idea is that placing oneself in a veil of ignorance when designing societies or social policies for that matter should result in a more fair and just society where everyone's interests are considered equally. The British government has now put restrictions in place to slow the spread of this virus. People in the UK are only allowed to leave their homes for specific reasons. This includes shopping for necessities, medical care, and traveling to and from work if it's absolutely necessary. Shops selling non-essential goods have been closed, as well as gyms, libraries, places of worship, and gatherings of more than two people have been banned. It's extremely important that these measures are enforced and that we practice social distancing, because potentially every one person can set in motion a chain of events that results in thousands of people being infected. Despite this, it seems that many people in the UK aren't taking this seriously. With photos emerging of packed tube stations and crowded parks, the mortality rates can be expected to increase over time if no countermeasures are put in place to flatten the curve, with hospitals becoming overrun with cases. Sure, if you ignore these guidelines, you may not ever see the victims of your actions, but I can't see how that's morally relevant. If I buy cow's cheese, directly affecting the supply and demand and causing more cows to be tortured and killed, I'll never see my victim, but I'm still morally responsible for their suffering and death. This is especially the case when we consider that the government have now told us extensively the risks of leaving home and not practicing good hygiene. We have now been told countless times that more people will die if we do not take this seriously. One argument is that going outside is going to give you a large amount of pleasure and that you'll be missing out on something if you don't go outside. Perhaps as a social event you really want to go ahead or you're just bored of social distancing. This is essentially the same argument that non-vegans use when trying to justify killing animals. If we don't think that we can justify killing non-humans on the basis of pleasure, then surely we can't justify killing humans on the basis of pleasure. I mean, come on, what next? Perhaps you also think that because lions don't self-isolate, humans shouldn't either. I think we all know that the behavior of lions isn't an excuse for humans killing animals or humans. You may also think that Hitler self-isolated and he was a vegetarian. 
And while it's true that Hitler did self-isolate before his death, what Hitler did and didn't do is irrelevant to what we should do. To be fair though, if God wanted us to self-isolate, why would he give us legs? Another argument people may use is that the quicker we all get infected, the quicker we reach herd immunity. This of course is true if a virus can only infect you once, which we are not certain of when it comes to coronavirus. Wow, that is some of the most powerful science I've ever heard. I feel so helpless and afraid, but comforted that the science has a plan to fight this terrible real death threat from this pandemic. The essential workers at the hospitals need our help. We must stay home and implement a global lockdown until the good grown-up experts like philanthropist Jeffrey Epstein's close friend Bill Gates come up with a happy, safe, healthy injectable science medicine to make us immune and healthy. Luckily, this won't affect my vegan activism which is done anonymously in social media comments. I just wish all the non-essential people would listen to us empowered science-affirming activists and stay home and eat plant-based kibble so we can win the battle against the invisible enemy. Toxic masculinity and science denial seem to be at the root of this problem. It seems like both the hashtag climate crisis and this pandemic can be remedied with the same medicine. A global totalitarian technocratic social control grid of government-enforced mandatory poverty, and a new normal that redefines old, outdated concepts like freedom, healthy diet, family, and masculinity. What do these four countries have in common? It's two things. Taiwan, New Zealand, Germany, Norway. All four of them reacted decisively to the coronavirus crisis, all four of them kept infection rates and death rates low, and all four of them have female leaders. This coronavirus crisis has shown clearly that we need competent, empathetic leadership, and that means more women in positions of power, and less of the macho stupidity and sociopathic behavior that we get from Bolsonaro in Brazil, Boris Johnson in the UK, or Trump here in the United States. These toxic masculinity exuding non-essential extra people who refuse to wear their healthy muscles, stay home and accept mandatory unemployment are infringing on my rights. These science denier irresponsible non-essential people are the same bigots who wouldn't listen to the good grown-up philanthropists who tried to help them sterilize themselves and give up their non-essential rights to travel, eat meat, have jobs, own land, and reproduce in order to save our poor sick mommy earth from all the toxic CO2 exhalations that the experts say the nasty extra people are off-gassing. The, the, the act of killing the animal wasn't the masculine trait back then. It was the act of providing for, for, the, for your homes, right, was the masculine trait back in the day. Gender, gender roles change, right, but this is back in the day, right? The, act, the masculine act was to provide and to, to look after and to defend. But we've conflated that with the masculine thing being aggressive, but also killing animals. And so you, you translate that feeling to a 2019 context and you have people thinking, actually, well, actually, to be manly means to eat meat, but actually to be manly doesn't mean to eat meat. It means to, to look after, right? And My favorite vegan activist can help re-educate these ignorant science denier lockdown folks. They just need some inspirational speeches from positive male role models to teach them to accept the new normal. Earthling Ed can help them understand why masculinity is not about eating meat, or having unnecessary things like children, jobs, guns, testosterone, real animal foods, and rights. 
If only more men would be like Earthling Ed we would not have viruses because people would not eat animals, or toxic masculinity because men would be comfortable with their lack of masculinity and redefinition of it. Getting women to find you attractive and it's, it's really grotesque when you watch these adverts and you simplify what's happening in these adverts and what's being reinforced to people, but it really, really works. Like advertising is so powerful. So now you have this idea of that and then as a vegan, I get accused of being a soy boy, right? And now I am a soy boy, because I love soy, like that's fine. I drink soy milk, I eat tofu. But the idea is by being a soy boy, you're what, feminizing yourself, right? Because there's phytoestrogens in soy products, which there is. This brave, stunning activist has me literally shaking with self-empowered, redefined masculinity and an unstoppable drive to stay home and stop this virus and the hashtag climate crisis by continuing my hero's journey of vegan activism in YouTube comments and on my anonymous Instagram profile. Real masculinity is not about having or providing for a family and children, producing and eating real animal foods, or having unnecessary testosterone and muscle and rights. Real masculinity is about using female emotional manipulation techniques to make people behave like you want them to. Thank you, Earthling Ed. I stand with you and you're not toxically masculine man bun and proudly declare. I am a soy boy because I love soy, like that's fine, I drink soy milk, I eat tofu. But the idea is being a soy boy, you're what, feminizing yourself, right? Because there's phytoestrogens in soy products, which there is. Like, um, you know, this idea that we have to reinforce these tropes of what it means to be a man. And so almost eating meat is a stamp of that dominance and authority and is a reminder of, 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 of kind of like more archaic and transgressive masculine traits and roles, which is interesting. Good evening, biggest. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello, hello. Look at all you bigots in the chat. Aaron, the big black dude. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's up, okay? Charles Marlowe. I haven't seen your name around in a bit, dude. Good to see you in the chat. Shell, what's up? Christ Fulfilling Prophecy, Just for Kicks. Ian, Ninja Viking 420. <laughs> Ian Lev, Courtney Shoemaker, what's up everybody? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? We got a good show for you today. Oh boy, have we got a great show for you today. Oh my goodness. The, the mask talk continues. It gets stupider and stupider, doesn't it? It gets dumber every freaking day. Alright, so we've got today... We've got hard-hitting science. Hard-hitting science. Some of the most powerful science I've seen in weeks. Cutting edge. Groundbreaking. Quantum level, right? You like that word? Quantum. Quantum level sciencing here. <laughs> By... <sighs> Who did this study? Who did this study? We've got men who wear face masks are sexier, according to U.S. women. New survey conducted by sexual wellness brand Royal reveals new perk of mask wearing. You'll be much more attractive to the ladies. To the ladies. 
Look at this beautiful couple here, wearing their masks, snuggling up on each other with their little muzzles on their face. You cute little face diapies. You guys are so cool. You guys are so cute together. Oh, they're on their way to get a vasectomy right now. <laughs> on their way to the doctor for a vasectomy right now. Dayton, Ohio. PR Newswire, an August, 2020, an August 2020 survey conducted by sexual wellness brand Royal revealed that 88% of women in the U.S. find men who wear a face mask in public during the COVID-19 pandemic sexier than those who do not, perhaps more notable. This sentiment holds true even for women who are currently in a relationship with a non-mask wearer. <laughs> Ooh. Scandalous. That's so scandalous. I am a soy boy because I love soy. Well, thank you, Earthling Ed. Earthling Ed. Thank you so much for clarifying that. <laughs> can it get any more ridiculous? Can, can it get any stupid? Can, can there be any more blatant disregard and disrespect for the audience of this? What do you even call this? This <laughs> is just social engineering, this propaganda. They find men who wear a face mask in public during the COVID-19 pandemic sexier than those who do not, perhaps more notable. This sentiment holds true, even for women who are currently in a relationship with a non-mask wearer. So if you're not wearing a mask, your girl's going to be eyeing that dude in a mask, right? She's going to be eyeing him. She's going to be eyeing The dudes with the masks. Largely because of societal conditioning, some men view masks as a sign of weakness, says Neil Meta, MPH. <laughs> what the hell is MPH? Masters of Public Health? Is that what it is? Masters? He's a master of public health. I don't know if that's what those initials stand for, but Neil Meta, MPH, CEO and co-founder of Royal, which is a, what is it? A sexual wellness brand. We'll, we'll learn a little bit more about Royal if we got time today. When you see how the majority of women perceive men in masks, however, it should be a game changer for lots of guys, especially those who want to stay sexy in the eyes of their partner. Right? So if you got a partner, if you got a wife, got a you got a girlfriend, if you ain't gonna mask it, your relationship's gonna be in a casket. Mask it or casket for your relationship, for the sake of your relationship. Want to attract more women? Wear a face mask. A recent study conducted by sexual wellness brand Royal revealed that 88% of women in the U.S. find men who wear a face mask in public during the COVID-19 outbreak sexier than those who do not. Public health and sex experts recommend face coverings as a new guideline. Guideline, right? You get, there's new guidelines... We just need some new guidelines for the world, guys. We got new guidelines. The guidelines for partnered sex. Right? Because sex, look, sex, oh man, we, we gotta redefine sex. Sex doesn't need a partner. Come on. You need a part you think you need a partner for sex? Freaking bigot? Outdated bigot? You think you need partners for sex? Hell nah. I, let's come over here. And let's check out 
philosopher king, life expert, master, master debater, vegan gains. Right? You don't need a sexual partner for sex. You know what you need? A computer. Now we got a quote from Vegan Gains here. Pimpin' ain't easy. Cooming is a way of life. Pimp daddy, Vegan Gains, he knows. You don't need a partner for sex. Only thing you need a partner for is selling images of a booty hole on OnlyFans. Right? What, what else do you need a partner for? Well, Royal, who sell condom, lubricant, body wipes, and even sex kits, including a modern-day sex kit, that's 100% vegan, right? This sex kit is 100% vegan because it will prevent any future non-vegans from being born. This totally vegan modern-day sex kit costs only $40, comes with 10 condoms, one lubricant, one body wipes box, and three face masks. 10 condoms. 10. Only $40, you guys. Lubricant, right? So you can get some petroleum-based lubricant. You can rub it up on your junk. Got some lubricant. Maybe that'll. Maybe it's spermicidal lubricant. It's 100% vegan, organic, and gluten-free. Water-based lube for moisture and comfort, ideal for sensitive skin. Anti-dust, antibacterial, polyester slash cotton face masks. One red, one gray, one black mask. Ooh. Right? Modern sex kit. Three face masks. Ten condoms. For 40 bucks. I mean, what a deal. Always be royal.com. Wow, royal is just... And with the hard-hitting science, too. With the science. They, they've got their reproductive health services package here. Right? How to turn sex into an idol. Modern, with your modern-day sex kit. Um... They're, they're also just super hardcore with the science. Incredible. I'm a soy boy because I love soy. I, I'm a soy boy because I love soy. All right, you guys. Mandatory masks, mandatory muzzles. I know you guys are all wearing your face divers in the chat, masking it so we don't cask it. We got South River sent the first super chat today via the Streamlabs. Guys, there's a Streamlabs link in the description. In the description of the video, there's a Streamlabs link, and then every once in a while we drop a link in the chat. Thank the mods for throwing the link up in the chat. Thank you, okay, appreciate that. And for keeping the chat on point. South River sends via Streamlabs, which is the preferred donation, right? Streamlabs better than Super Chats, just so you know. Streamlabs, he says, face masks bring all the girls to the yard. And that is true, right? Well, now we know that's true. We know that it's true. Right? Not wearing a face mask is because of the patriarchy. Right, The patriarchy for thousands of years has been programming you that you don't need a face mask. Right? But now we know because of science that we need several things in order to be healthy. Number one, face mask. Three of them if you're having sex. Okay? Number two thing that you need to be happy, Purell. Right? Hand sanitizer. Put it everywhere. Put it on your desk. Put it next to your sink. Put it next to your toilet. Put some in your pocket. Put it in your car. Everywhere. Purell. Purell the freaking world. Purell it all. 
That's the only way we can fight this. Masks, Purell, and total isolation. Who's with me? Who's with me? All right, we got some super chats over here. The truth. What's up, the truth? Sending Canadian five Canadians up in Canada. The truth says some shekels for the big day. You want to be the big man? You want to be the big daddy? Now I've got that that alert. I've got that alert set up. I've been messing with the Streamlabs alert settings. My dreams, my childhood. There we go. Stolen dreams and childhood. So we're getting it. It is doing it. We are getting different alerts, which is good. Last time it kept people the same. Guys, just throwing them super chats over and over again. I'm loving it. But there is one here. Let's see if I can. This is this is the best one, but I, I haven't gotten it to work yet. So if you guys do send super chats via Streamlabs, maybe this one will work. Guys, guys, if you want, if you want the big the big the big daddy. Okay, oops. There. Guys, guys, to be the big man, the big daddy, big daddy. All right, there's my favorite one. I don't know why I like that one. I just think that clip's really funny for some reason. I don't know. I just don't know why, but it's so freaking funny. All right. We got, thank you, guys. Mandatory masks, mandatory super chats, and you guys are coming through. Thank you for the super chats. Thanks for the support. Primal Experiment just sends five. Didn't even say anything. Thanks, Primal Experiment. Appreciate that. Ian Lev says, can I get the hench herbivore dog on a t-shirt? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Hey, Aaron the Big Black Dude, make it happen. <laughs> Maybe. Here's the thing with t-shirts, though. I, I know you're joking. People have told us to make t-shirts in the past. We made some sick ass, some sick ass t-shirts. And the people who said they wanted them, they didn't even buy them. So we, we haven't been making any t-shirts lately. <laughs> but maybe. If you want to be the big man, the big daddy. It worked. It worked. If you want to be the big man. There we go. <laughs> How nice. All right, Zyklon V. Stillin, though, God, sends 20 bucks. There you go, winning the Super Chat competition so far. The least bigoted person in the chat. Remember, the biggest Super Chat is the least bigot in real life. Says, Super Chat Cascade initiated. He started this all. Corey Lee 200 sent five bucks. Hot for Health sent five bucks. Thanks a lot, both of you guys. Hot for Health and Corey Lee 200. Aaron, Aaron, sending five euros, says, how many orphanages would stench farty whore breastfeed and RAP corona victims? Stench farty whore breastfeed. <laughs> breastfeed. You gross. You gross. If you want to be the big man, the big daddy, you can be the big man and the big daddy while lactating. If you want to be the big man, you should make yourself lactate so you can feed all the poor starving children. Honest AF says Canadian, another Canadiense from up in Canada, sends 10 and sends a thank you pair. <laughs> thank you. Thanks a lot for the, uh, the little emoji thing there. Appreciate that. Honest AF. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up. If you want to be the big man, the big daddy, you got to hit the thumbs up. Hit the big man, big daddy thumbs up. Hit it. All right. Thumbs ups for the big daddies. Let us continue. Let's make this a little bigger. 
just to make sure you guys can see the words on the screen. All right, let's continue with this. Masks are hot, right? Hot guys wear masks. Hey, if you want to be sexually attractive to the opposite sex, which is all that matters, right? Hey, hey, idiot. Hey, idiot, who feels unloved and insecure because you spend too much time on social media and television? Do you feel insecure? Well, you don't have to feel insecure. You do feel insecure because you're probably toxic masculinity exuding, science denying bigot who doesn't wear a face mask enough and who doesn't chant the right slogans in the street when the TV cues you to. Well, if you feel like you might be one of these people, wear a mask more. You want to get laid? That's the only thing that matters, right? Find a hole to stick your penis in temporarily to relieve yourself. Use your human beings, a fellow human being, use them as a sexual object. Do you want to use a hot sexual object, human? <laughs> Do you want to use a hot sexual object, human, to get your rocks off? Well, wear a dang mask, bigot. Wear the dang mask. But of course, largely because of societal conditioning, some men view masks as a sign of weakness. This is a script that they run for everything they try to gaslight us into doing now. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? That's what that whole intro was about. Oh, if you don't wear a mask, if you don't wear a mask, it's toxic masculinity. If you won't listen to the good grown-ups on TV and pay carbon taxes, it's toxic masculinity. If you won't sterilize yourself, toxic masculinity. If you won't go vegan, stop eating meat. Toxic masculinity. Anything the media wants you to do, anything these social engineers want you to do, they can conflate that with what they call distorted masculinity, toxic masculinity, a false ideal from societal conditioning about masculinity. Are you seeing the pattern here? What is masculinity? Well, they're constantly redefining it. <laughs> they give you these ideals that you're supposed to idolize but then they're constantly manipulating it, right? And we talked about the book, The Changing Images of Man, Stanford Research Institutes, The Changing Images of Man. Okay, The Changing Images of Man. Talked about this on several streams. Highly suggest you get this report from Stanford Research Institute. Lays it all out. Lays it all out. Changing the images of how man sees himself. Right? Man being made in the image and likeness of God. No more do they want you to believe that. They've had to wipe that clean. So they're telling you, you're not made in the image and likeness of God. You're just nothing that came about by random chance. You're cosmic pawn scum that evolved from nothing into something. Through random chance and occurrence in a cold, dark, meaningless universe. And now you have to save evolution from yourself by killing yourself. Or <laughs> sterilizing yourself. Or wearing a mask and isolating yourself from all humanity. This is the new vision of man. The new vision of man is a confused monkey. An outdated, confused monkey that's becoming obsolete. Due to the technology that man invents to make himself obsolete. This is, this is the mythology that we're given now. This transhumanist, Darwinian nonsense. And they're, always, they're constantly trying to tell you that we need to redefine these things. We have to redefine what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman. I got a couple super chats here. Ian Lev, what's up? 
Ian left sending two dollars. Says, can you make face masks with Petunia's picture? Oh, Ian. Why do you do this to me? Sometimes I think you guys are, like, do you just want to see me cry again? Why do you have to do that? Petunia. Does anybody here, everybody, obviously you guys all know who Petunia was, is. Yes, I will, I will make masks with Petunia's picture. I just, there's no, there's no, there's not a picture that captures the beauty and majesty of our feathered angel Petunia, right? Like, which photo do I use? The one with the Santa hat? The one with her wearing a sweater in a car? One of them when she's getting her diaper changed? Oh, she was the most beautiful chicken. So thank you for the super chat. Appreciate that. Appreciate that one. Mandatory masks, mandatory super chats. Throw the Streamlabs link up in here. Streamlabs always better. R.I.P. Batunia, with a B. Batunia with a B. Oh, that re that reminds me too. Where did my ah? I had somebody made this awesome Photoshop. Last the, the Wi-Fi is not on. Don't even bother. I can't. I'll, next time I'll show you. Somebody made a really nice Photoshop. It could be my next. It could be my album cover. <laughs> Lil Aids album cover. All right. What masks be making their way into the bedroom too? Oh. Ooh, public health and sex experts we recommend uh -huh. sex experts. Yeah, like Cosmo. Sex experts like Team Cosmo and Jimmy Savile recommend face coverings as a new guideline for partnered sex. Remember, sex doesn't have to be partnered. In fact, most sex should just be with your hand. Uh, according to the 500-person survey, this sentiment may be catching on among women, too. While only 6% of U.S. women have had sex with a face mask on during COVID-19 pandemic, approximately 25% are open to the idea. <laughs> Health and hygiene are supremely important to women as it pertains to their romantic relationships, added Meta. Just one year ago, no one was thinking about having sex with masks on, and now a shocking one in four women are either neutral about or likely to do it. This month, Royal launched the first ever modern day sex kit, which features vegan condoms, organic lube, cleansing body wipes, and a multi-pack of face masks. There you go. So modern day sex kit, again, 10 condoms, one lubricant, one body wipe, three face masks, three different colored face masks, huh? In case you have an interracial threesome with your 10 condoms, <laughs> only $40. Only 40 bucks from alwaysberoyal.com. Um, just really, really, look how happy this gentleman is. He's clearly going to be enjoying his sexual object partner safely with the modern day sex kit. So the modern day sex kit, I'm, they, should, they should revamp these. They should do some different ones. They should include, like next, next version, you know, version 2.0, they should have the modern day sex kit could be like an iPhone um, an OnlyFans account, and what else? A, um, what are those things? That, a fleshlight, a Joe Rogan fleshlight. <laughs> a modern day sex kit, a Joe, Joe Rogan fleshlight hooked up to one of those like electric milking machines that they use for cows. With, uh, <laughs> and with, with a card for Planned Parenthood. Um, <laughs> Planned Parenthood's free anyways. They'll kill your baby for free. Oh, I'm sorry. They'll reproductive health service your baby for free. Um, all right. All right, bigots. 
all you bigots in the chat. What are you doing? What are you guys doing with your lives? What's your problem? Go put your freaking masks on. Go find your partner. Your sexual object partner. Put it on the other side of a glory hole. And, and enjoy. All right, so we, thank you so much, uh, PR Newswire. Amazing science coming out. Amazing. Healthy is sexy. Join the new school of sexual health and elevate your well-being with all-natural vegan and high-quality products to make you feel like royalty. All right, it's because a condom is for sexual health. If you Guys. Want to be the big man, the big daddy. That's, that's the one from uh, YouTube. I'm not sure if the Streamlabs one's working. No one said Streamlabs during it. We're trying, to, we're trying to figure out if the Streamlabs notifications are working. I'm not sure if the notifications pop up. They weren't feeding through last time through OBS. But that's the best way to donate. But anyways, we appreciate the super chats. We've got another super chat over here. Aaron the Big Black Dude. I know. We already talked about that, Jessica. You're way late. Aaron the Big Black Dude sends two bucks. Oh, no. Coffin, Batunia, and a broken heart. That's like that pretty much summed up 2020, right? <laughs> coffin, coffin, Batunia, <laughs> and a broken heart. Aaron, the big black dude. Thanks, bud. Guys, make sure to become a member of PrimalEdgeHealth.com. I know Aaron's a member. We're going to do our next. Uh, we do weekly voice chats. We do weekly coaching calls in there. Next coaching call is going to be next week. And uh, yeah, Aaron, I know you're a member. Thank you for the support via the super chat. Let's learn a little bit more. About masks. We've got NBC News. Really, really hard-hitting journalism here. Is that how cowboys wear them? Over their ears? Over their earrings? In terms of people wanting to get out and not doing so with a mask. Oops. Sorry. Real men wear masks, we always say. We know that it's not manly for men to cry. I call him crying Chuck because I saw him cry one time. Oh, Trump is so mean. Did you guys hear about toxic masculinity? We <laughs> got 16 seconds in before Trump bad. <laughs> or enjoy a sunset. But now, is it not manly for men to live? I won't be doing it personally. It's a recommendation. Remember when masks were cool? Ooh. No, no, I don't remember when masks were cool. N never do I remember when masks were considered cool, helpful, <laughs> or useful to anybody except friggin' bank robbers. <laughs> People who want to hide their face. I, I don't remember wanting to ever cover up my face, cut off my ability to breathe oxygen. No. No, quite the opposite. I grew up asthmatic. I grew up with asthma and allergies, with closed up nose and closed up lungs. I know it's very important to breathe. And covering your face is not going to help you be healthy. It's a cowboy reference. We've made it very clear. It's very windy. How do cowboys keep this on? Do they have like a little rope around their little hat? Oh, she's just like you and me. She's just like, oh, I'm kind of funny. I'm kind of goofy. I'm just like a down-home girl. On NBCNews.com. Look at this. They got 3.77 million subscribers. NBCNews.com on this report has got less views than we'll have on this video 24 hours from now. And NBCNews.com, with all the support of the algorithm behind it, still no one gives a shit about your videos. No one gives a shit about your special report here. Whatever this chick's name is. 
positive spin with Liz Plank. Thanks for clearing that up. We got positive spin. NBC News. Why do not? Why do the men not want to wear the masks? Was that cool? How about this? How about that? I think people think I'm a real cowboy. This is my ranch. No. No. Nobody, nobody's going to mistake your leopard print soles of your shoes, your white tennis shoes with leopard print soles as cowgirl shoes. Uh, we think it's cute that you wore jeans that you paid for holes in. That's cool. You bought pre-ripped jeans. I'm at the Paramount Ranch, where Hollywood created its first Western ideal of masculinity. To try to understand this whole mask versus manhood thing. I'm here in Hollywood, and uh, I, I'm coming at you from Hollywood as a spokesperson for Hollywood from one of the centers of social engineering, Paramount Studios, to socially engineer you into changing your views on what you are, on what it means to be healthy, on what it means to be masculine, and what it means to be human. Cool where Hollywood created its first Western ideal of masculinity to try to understand this whole mask versus manhood thing. While men are just as likely to contract the coronavirus as women are, they're more likely to die from it. They're more likely to die from it. And we all know that the survival rate is more high than 99.7%. We know that the death rate is less than 0.3%, probably more close to like 0.03%. A study by Global Health 5050 found that in almost every country surveyed, more men had died from COVID than women. Given that they're more at risk, one would assume that men would be more likely to protect themselves, right? Wrong. In spring 2020, researchers from Middlesex University London and the Mathematical Science Research Institute at Berkeley conducted- What? Mathematical Science? Middlesex? University? I want sex. Sex, cool. University, science, math. Those all sound smart. Wow. Did an online survey of over 2,500 people to measure how Americans feel about mask wearing. And men did say that they were less likely to wear face coverings than women, especially if mask wearing wasn't mandatory. Put on a mask. It's not complicated. And by the way, this male aversion to public health policy isn't new. Even during the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic. Oh, even during the 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, which was at the peak of World War I, and at a time when humanity was being highly socially engineered and traumatized into a new phase of existence. So let's just call, let's harken back to that time and pretend like this is just normal for governments to force you to wear oxygen deprivation nappies. Men were more likely to view masks, handkerchiefs, and other public health recommendations as feminine. I mean, th this whole 1918 mask thing, they keep rerunning this, this story of, oh look, back in the day, people didn't want to wear masks back then either. Yeah, we know that masks don't stop the stop, do not stop the spread of influenza. We know that you're full of shit. If you can't, if you can't tell, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this whole 
weird freaking face diaper thing. 2010 report published in the U.S. National Library of Medicine found that the public health villains blamed for careless coughing, spitting, and sneezing during the influenza pandemic were frequently represented, at least visually, as men behaving badly. Back. And you see, even back then, right? We all know this. Even back then, 1920s, mass media and mass social engineering was huge. We know this. We had that uh, 1929 article about social engineering the future by Lord Birkenhead. I don't think I have it. I don't have it open right now. But the Birkenhead article, the 1929 Lord Birkenhead article. When you look back on the, uh, what was it, the Freedom Torches, Edward Bernays' Freedom Torches movement. Support women's suffrage by smoking in public, women. Smoking in public is a symbol of freedom. Freedom. You're gonna get the women, you're gonna get women the vote by all buying these consumer products and smoking in public. <laughs> Constant social engineering on what it is to be human, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a consumer, what it is to be a good citizen, right? a good citizen of America, a good citizen of the world. A global citizen. Your freedom. You're protecting everyone's freedom by wearing a mask. Back then, men were considered weak links in hygienic discipline. And that's a quote. That same- Men were the weak links in hygienic discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline. Because we need the newspapers to discipline us on how to be, how to behave. Report also noted that the influenza pandemic offered a teaching moment in which masculine resistance to hygiene rules associated with mothers, school moms, and Sunday school teachers could be replaced with. So you see, the social engineering, this changing images of man, has been in effect for a lot longer than most people realize. Same script was being run back then, 100 years ago a more modern, manly form of public health steeped in discipline, yeah. patriotism, and personal responsibility. So 100 years later, why are men still spooked by masks? To get some answers... Why are men spooked by masks? Oh, if you don't want to wear a mask, you must be scared. You don't want to wear a mask? What are you scared? What are you scared? What, you probably like, you probably have like a small penis or something, right? Oh man. Oh, you're probably super insecure. Oh, you're just such a you're such a baby. Don't get spooked by a mask. I sat down with well, you you just like you're scared, you're afraid to take a mandatory injection that's going to modify your DNA for the rest of your life. Oh, you stupid idiot. You must be such a pussy. Wade Davis, he's the NFL's first LGBTQ inclusion consultant, has written extensively about masculinity and sexism, and even did a TEDx talk entitled The Mask of Masculinity. Oh, great, great. This is the guy that they're going to bring on. <laughs> this, is, this is the guy, because this guy represents, this guy just cuts right to the core of what it is to be masculine, right? And all us men, we just need to be re-educated by a dude in freaking lipstick. We need to be educated by this dude in lipstick with a ring pop on his finger on how to be masculine, how to be a man. All right. Thank you. Of masculinity. You, NBC. Wayne Davis. Yeah. What? Oh, wow. Look at that. They're both wearing masks. Oh, I feel so safe. Is up with men in masks. 
you know, from my perspective, honestly. Look at this. This this man, you can't see his face. You can't see his eyes. This this dude's going to educate us. He's going to re-educate us on masculinity. If a man is disinterested in wearing a, a, a mask, he's looking externally for motivation, and he hasn't defined his manhood, his masculinity internally. So masculinity is so... <laughs> so here it is again, the reversal, right? So as they try and play upon your insecurity, as they try and plant these seeds of insecurity in your mind about what it is to be a man and make you question what that is, they're doing the exact same, the exact thing that they're accusing the people who are not wearing masks of doing. They're saying, if you won't wear a mask, you're not really masculine. You're afraid of your, of your masculinity. You have toxic masculinity if you don't wear a mask. Total, total psychopathic behavior here. He's looking externally for motivation, and he hasn't defined his manhood, his masculinity internally. So let me define your manhood and your masculinity and look externally to me for approval. That's what they're saying. So they're saying, look to us for approval. Look to the herd. Look to the Borg for approval. The hive will approve of you. <laughs> and if you don't look to the hive for approval, then you're uncomfortable with your manhood. Aren't, aren't you uncomfortable? You don't have your manhood defined. Let me define it for you. Go put some lipstick on. Put 10 ring pops on your fingers and go let a bunch of dudes suck on them in a club. That's what it is to be a man. Masculinity <laughs> is so not defined that something as small as a mask threatens it. The idea that wearing a mask is a form of emasculation, yeah. right, speaks to that I believe someone can take my masculinity from me. I also connected over... Yeah. If you think someone can take your masculinity from you, then you're just so stupid. Put on the mask. And will give your masculinity to you. With my friend and fellow journalist, Phil Picardi. He's someone I love talking to about masculinity and how we define it. Right, here we go. So we got that other guy. I mean, you know, maybe some people would think that he's not the greatest representer of masculinity. The last guy, what was he? The uh, LGBTQ inclusion, um, inclusion czar for the NFL or whatever. This new guy looks a little bit better. Let's see. We got Philip Picardi. I mean, his, his initials are PP, so maybe he knows how to teach us how to be a man. Philip Picardi, a.k.a. PP, this dude must have some deeper insights on what it is to be a man, right? We, we're obviously, we're having a crisis of masculinity. Some men don't want to wear masks. Oh, some men want to eat meat. Some men want to have families. <laughs> what? And jobs and go outside. <laughs> but... Peepee -pee here, Philip Picardi. Let, let's um, maybe he can help re-educate all you uh, all you bigots. How we define it? Why do you think that men are less likely to wear masks um, than women? And specifically, a lot of men will say it makes them look feminine. Why do you think that we associate those things together? I'm so confused by how men define what looks feminine. Maybe what they're implying there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we agree, dude. Just by how things together. I'm so confused by how men define 
what looks feminine. Men, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I'm so confused by how men define what looks feminine. Maybe what they're implying there is that wearing a mask makes them look weaker because they are admitting to the public that they are not impervious to a global pandemic. And somehow society ingrains in men that we need to be invincible in order to be valuable. We need to be- <laughs> I think like society just tells us to like, uh, men have to be like invincible. And like we have to like be like Superman and like, Look, it's okay to be vulnerable to this terrible disease. It's okay. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? They always say the same thing. Society tells men what it's like to be a man, but then they go on to define what they interpret society as telling them manhood is. The constant confusion on what it is to be a man. So the two examples we have of masculinity so far, I mean, these are... I don't know, maybe maybe not so relatable to everybody. Maybe not everybody in the audience relates to these um, gender studies grad students right, at uh, UC Berkeley about what it is to be a man. So maybe, I don't know, let's, let's hear him out though. Maybe he's got some, some more deep, profound insights. That we need to be invincible in order to be valuable. We need to be almighty and all powerful. So it might be tempting to think that this is just the way that things are and that men are stuck. But Wade offered an effective solution to use Maskgate as a way to redefine masculinity for the better. Do you think that this Maskgate is an opportunity? Maskgate? What is Maskgate? Opportunity for this interrogation about masculinity in our society? I think it's one. So what would be the, uh, the what and the uh, how questions for masculinity that you would like to see? So let's take the, the mask for ex example. What makes you think that wearing a mask makes you less of a man? What? Not why, but what, right? And then when they answer that question, say, how did you arrive to that conclusion? But you have to ask these questions with fidelity and with true, and with a true level of curiosity and humility. So how? Oh, so. <laughs> Ask open-ended questions to confuse men about their sexuality and their... Oh, I'm sorry. We're not talking about sexuality right now. Uh, confuse men about why they don't want to wear a mask. Why? Why? <laughs> right? And then when they wear a mask, the, the mask, for ex example, what makes you think that wearing a mask makes you less of a man? Okay. The problem is not. The problem is on the problem is not how you're framing it. The way you guys are framing it is the propaganda problem. Ooh, toxic masculinity. Ooh, these people who don't want to wear masks, they must be psychopaths. They don't care about people. They're meanie heads. They're bigots. That's not the problem. <laughs> the problem is you're trying to force us to wear oxygen-depriving, filthy rags over our face in a dehumanization ritual that is completely unjustified, totally unscientific, and not protecting anybody. This is a humiliation, dehumanization initiation. And we have a problem with that. And we're not going to wear your fucking mask, and we're not going to let you fucking inject our children, and we're not going to let you destroy our way of life and turn us into dehumanized little wincing cowards 
shaking in a puddle of our own piss every time the TV tells us there's a flu or a cold or a cough going around. We're not stupid. That's why we don't want to wear masks. Because we're not idiots. Because we have faith in God, not faith in TV. <laughs> Got some super chats. Sideshow Bob sending the super chat via the Streamlabs. Streamlabs, of course, is the best way to go. Sideshow Bob, thank you, man. He says, pirate voice. What's a, I don't know. Can I do a pirate voice? You best start believing in cyberpunk dystopias. You're in one. How's that? You like that pirate voice? No. <laughs> James 1054 says five. Says, can you take me higher? Can you take me higher? To a place where everyone wears masks. Thank you very much. It's been a while since we've done 90s jukebox. All right, we got, we got another super chat here. Danny B. Where'd that go? I just saw it pop up. Is that someone you know? You know Danny B? Danny B sends $1.99. Can you say what the problem with Gnosticism is? Uh, yeah, it's false. It's false. Gnosticism is a complete reversal and inversion of reality. Gnosticism is a Luciferian ideology that holds that man will become God through his knowledge, through his will, through the rearranging of the natural world, and it completely inverts the fall, and it is Luciferian at its core. So Gnosticism is taught in... Uh, in the lodges of Freemasonry. Gnosticism as taught in many of these occult orders. Gnosticism as taught in our pop culture is a Promethean Luciferian ideology. It is an inverted theology that justifies anything. It justifies might make right, makes right. So uh, Darwin, Darwinism, social Darwinism is a Gnostic philosophy, is a Gnostic religion. And Gnosticism is false. <laughs> That's as straight up as I can be about it. So Creed should tour with Nickelback, says Shell F. Come on, it's 2020. We don't do Nickelback jokes anymore, right? Come on, Shell. We've moved on to Creed jokes. <laughs> All right. What? Not why, but what, right? And then when they answer that question, say, how did you arrive to that conclusion? But you have to ask these questions with fidelity and with true and with a true level of curiosity and humility. So how do you begin the process of redefining masculinity? To you, what does being a man mean? I think that the purest model of how we can be a man is how we look at how to make society a better place. So we can take the same idea of like men being tasked with providing or men being tasked even with defending their families, right? If we can take those ideas. Okay, so two things that you don't do, uh, two things you're not providing, you're not providing for anybody, right? The, both the men interview, not providing for families, don't have families, don't want them probably. Um, so <laughs> wait, what, what is this? What is this? Men being tasked with providing or men being tasked even with defending their families, right? If we can take those ideas, how do we talk to men to apply those ideas in a healthier context? <laughs> how do we talk to men to provide those ideas in a healthier context? Well, who defines what a healthy context is? 
Who defines what the healthy context is? You get to define that and redefine it over and over again? Hmm. No doubt that wearing masks protects you and gets you to be protected. So it's people protecting each other. Wade had another hack, framing the mask as a choice. That way, it's not dominating, it's actually empowering. If you can move it away from this individualistic identity or this you're being forced to do something, to frame it in a way where men feel as if they have choice in it. You get to wear a mask. I'm pro-choice. I am pro-choice. Right, we, we get to choose to reproductive health service our babies into oblivion. We're, we're, we're pro-mask choice. It's an empowering choice to muzzle yourself with a filthy, bacteria-infected piece of cloth that's going to make it very likely that you're going to get a freaking lung infection as you're decreasing your oxygen intake. When it comes to men and the, and the mask, just, just say, hey, like, are you interested in protecting yourself and your family? Is wearing a mask counter, or is it additive to actually doing that, right? Your average man, right, with any level of um, humanity, would, would, would actually see it through a different lens. I wish that more men would look at it as a service about how we care for others in our community. And I think that that is the most masculine thing that you can do. If men really do pride themselves on being providers, then how best can you provide for your loved ones by protecting yourself from a potentially <laughs> deadly virus that could impact you and your loved ones? That's not deadly to 99.9% of people in the world. It's not deadly to anybody we know. Why, why, what is going on here? What is going on? Well, you're providing a service to everybody. We'll, we'll frame it as a choice. We'll frame it as a, you're gonna be hot. Men who wear face masks are hotter, sexier, according to US women, according to hot, slutty women who wanna hook up with you, you should wear a mask. Healthy is sexy. Wearing a mask is sexy. Check it out. Look at this sex kit. It's got three masks in it. Ooh. What can you do that's sexy with a mask? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Come on. What's great about masks? Accessorizing? Am I right? No, yes. no you're wrong. Wearing a face diaper, there's nothing great about it. There's nothing great about it at all. There are plenty of things that are pathetic, that are stupid, that are annoying, that are dehumanizing about it, but there's not a single thing about it that's, that's great. Okay, Liz. Let's just like, let's put it out there. What's great about masks? Accessorizing? Am I right? Yes, it's an awesome opportunity to showcase even more of your personal style. Congratulations. Welcome to the world of fashion. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the world of fashion. Like every single day you can change, the, you can get a mask with detachable, interchangeable rhinestones and you can draw like whatever you want on it, right? Like, hey, are you feeling extra revolutionary? You feeling like you really want to help save lives? Put a black fist on it, right? Yeah. Black fist. BLM. Yeah. Put that on your face mask. Do you want to show solidarity for the climate? Yeah? Okay. Then wear a face mask with a cartoon of Greta on it. Right? I mean, there's just there's so much you can do. You can accessorize. You can wear blue face masks. You can wear white face masks. 
You can wear a face mask that's artistically designed to look like it has skid marks on it, like it's an old pair of, uh, of underwear. You can wear a face mask shaped like a jock strap. You could wear a face mask that's kinky and made out of leather. You could wear a face mask that's kinky and made out of leather with a zipper on it. You can wear a face mask that's kinky and made out of leather that's pink. We're back. I don't know what it cut off. That was a funny rant, but it cut off right in the middle of it. Anyways, guys, you could accessorize your mask in so many different ways. You can accessorize your face with your mask in so many ways, okay? So many different styles of mask you can wear. So many different ways you can wear your mask. You can wear it over your nose and your mouth. You can wear it covering your nose and your mouth. You can wear it covering your nose and your mouth and around your ears too. You could just wear, just wear a plastic bag over your head all day. Yeah? So much you can do. Just so much. There's so much. I think they missed, they missed that whole, like, <laughs> that whole rant. Anyways. I mean, there's just, there's so many. There's so many designs, right? Leather face mask with zipper. Leather face mask with no hole for the mouse. Leather face mask with ball gag. Leather face mask that is pink. Leather face mask with rhinestones, right? I can't breathe. Print it on the mask. Like there's so much you can do. BLM mask, right? Black fist on the mask. Get creative. Sky is the limit, gentlemen. Yes. Enjoy the options that life provides to you. <gasps> Instead of accepting a definition of masculinity that boxes men into dangerous or self-defeating behaviors, maybe COVID will give men permission to come up with their own definition of what being a man looks like to them. Yeah. Oh, if only that could happen. Only, if only COVID could help men to be more confused about what it is to be alive and be a man. <laughs> wear your mask not for you but for everybody else right? even though the virus will go right in between all the little fibers on your cloth masks just pretend it's doing something you just pretend it's keeping us safe oh and speaking of masculine models after months of refusing to wear a mask in early July President Trump finally changed his mind well, at least oh, look, the president wore a mask. Even orange man, bad. Even he's he's not even so bad as to not wear a mask. Okay, just wear them. Mask it or casket. He was talking to wounded veterans. Yeah. He then tweeted that masks are patriotic, and at least one congressional candidate thinks the president looks good in a mask. So maybe other men will reconsider as well. So right? maybe I do up speak and up speak at the end of the sentences. Maybe other men will consider wearing a mask as well. Huh? One congressional candidate thinks the president looks good in a mask. So maybe other men will reconsider as well, right, guys? Yeah, Liz Plank, Liz Plank, my hero. NBC News. Thank you, Liz Plank. Beautiful report. Beautiful report. Marilyn Martin, swallow your toxic masculinity and wear a mask. Dr. Miriam Stoppard, 
culture of masculinity is to blame for dodging doctors. Oh, dodging doctors. So if you don't want to go to your doctor, go to your general practitioner. Right? So you can wait 30 minutes in the waiting room. You can sign a piece of paper at the front desk of the waiting room, wait 30 minutes, and have a doctor who won't even look at you in the eyes come up, look at your little piece of paper, whack your knee with a piece of rubber, take your temperature real quick, and write a prescription for Adderall or antidepressants or testosterone replacement therapy or a statin so that, so that you could be a good global citizen. If you don't want to go to a doctor, if you don't want to walk into that doctor's office and have him rush through a five-minute checkup, if you don't want to do that so that he can get a bunch of kickback money from shooting you up with some new pharmaceutical products or from prescribing you highly addictive pharmaceutical products that are going to have major side effects, negative side effects down the line that you can then get prescribed new pharmaceutical products to cover up the side effects from those other pharmaceutical, pro pharmaceutical products. Or if you don't want to go in, then you must be toxically masculine. Culture of masculinity is to blame for dodging doctors. If you don't worship your doctor, you're a big meanie. You don't want to spend $1,000 to go have some dude who's educated by pharma reps tap your knee with a piece of rubber and prescribe you drugs and you're toxic masculine. Toxically masculine, right? And of course, the Great Reset. We need to reset what it is to be a human. We need to reset what it is to be healthy. And the World Economics Forum's Great Reset kind of lays out just exactly what all this is about. The Great Reset. Using this crisis as an excuse to push through the same stuff they were trying to get pushed through for all the other crises. The same depopulation rhetoric has morphed into basically a depopulation ritual. 50% occupancy on buses, 30% occupancy on buses. Children go to school, the chair next to them is X'd out. Like there was a person there, but it's no longer there. Why do you think that is? Isn't that funny? All this COVID stuff fits right nicely into this depopulation, dehumanization, resource consolidation agenda that we've been talking about for years here and the great reset the great reset that the world economic forum tells us about is what this is all about it's about resetting the economy a new economic model based not on gdp but on capitalism on things like well-being well-being who decides well-being ai and what is well-being? Well, it's going to be determined by AI, insurance companies, and global corporations. The Great Reset. I guess this, this stream is no longer available. Coronavirus. Uh, will will COVID-19 speed up the use of robots to replace human workers? As you're being disconnected from your fellow man, you're putting masks on, you're being told that it's dangerous to be around other people, people's breath is dangerous, right? Oh, it's got CO2 in it. 
All the foods you eat are dangerous. Oh, all the foods you need to eat are dangerous. Animal foods have cholesterol in them. Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. You can't be around people. Social distancing. Well, what is really, what is really going on here is that this is being used to usher in a new economic era where human beings are being phased out. These people openly tell us that human beings will be replaced. Will COVID speed up their use of robots to replace human workers? BBC News. Automated and partly automated contact tracing. And minority report style pre-crime, medical pre-crime systems based on contact tracing. A, system, a systematic review to inform the control of COVID-19. Evidence for the use of automated or partly automated contact tracing tools to contain severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 is scarce. It's scarce, but guess what? The Rockefeller Foundation and your governors and the UN are pushing this globally. Replacing police with contact tracing and with AI. Why do you think they're saying, defund the police, defund the police, as they roll out contract, contact tracing NKVD style? Jessica didn't think of this before. It's like She doesn't hear me babble about this stuff all the time. She gets to hang out and, and do cool stuff like weaving. She's over here weaving. <laughs> so that's what it's about. Defund the police. Get rid of the police. While they roll out contact tracing. Technological policing. Pre-crime. Eugenics. Looking forward to the end of humanity, Wall Street Journal. COVID-19 has spotlighted the promise and peril of transhumanism. The idea of using technology to overcome sickness, aging, and death. Oh, you're going to live forever. The end of humanity. Agricultural robots in 2020. Coronavirus pandemic has accelerated the adoption of robotics and automation technology in agriculture. This is what it's about. And some might be thinking, well, why is that a problem? At the same time, these people are demonizing, right? The UN, the World Economic Forum, demonizing the foods that you need, the foods that you can grow on your own land, telling you they're unsustainable, they're bad for the planet, they're bad for your health. They want to tie in public health with nutrition. We talked about the Rockefeller Foundations resetting the plate, reset the table, I think it was. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and we had a couple Instagram posts and... What's it called? Twitter posts about this. This one came out about a month ago. The food, food policy paper. Resetting the table. Reset the table. The Rockefeller Foundation. Redesigning the food system to be sustainable. Well, guess what? They're going to define the foods that you need as toxic for you and the planet. It's about robotics. It's about using drones to plant your crops. It's about using robotics to deliver you goods. It's about cutting you off from other people so that you never have a chance to question this, so that we are raised if you want to be by the this. Big man, the big daddy. The big daddy. <laughs> so you're raised by voices like that. Thank you for the super chat. DB sending K, uh, those Canadians. Them Canadians. $5 Canadians. The commie government wants con total control now over what your kids wear in their own home. Headline, school district says no pajamas for online classes. Exactly. You can't wear your pajamas at your online classes. They're making adults in Zoom meetings, these corporate policies are making adults wear face diapers in their homes. If you want to be the big man, the big daddy, 
You better wear your face diaper in your home. All the while, I'm seeing stuff like this every day. I'm getting DMs from nurses all the time about the negative effects of these masks. So this was a post from a, from a member of our forum, of our private forum. We do weekly coaching calls up in there. You guys become a member of PrimalEdgeHealth.com. You want a group of good, like-minded people who are there to support you through your journey. We got weekly coaching calls as well, helping you dial in your diet and lifestyle. Become a member. There's a link in the description below. But Allie's a member, and she posted this. She said she had a patient, la a patient last week with respiratory MRSA. Right? Remember, that's the antibiotic-resistant superbugs, they call them. And she was reposting this post from RN. says, I'm an ICU RN. We have zero COVID patients in our unit. What we do have, a big increase in patients with antibiotic-resistant pulmonary staph infections. People wear filthy masks all day and the bacteria living in our noses and mouths get stuck in a warm, moist stew in the masks. But you're told, oh, you're a science denier if you won't do this. Yet there's no science showing us that this helps. Quite the opposite, in fact. So this is about disconnecting us from what it is to be alive, what it is to be human. Tribune India, civilizational crisis in the post-human society. Post-human. Automation, the fourth industrial revolution. This is what it's about. This is what it's about. Right, and to finish this one up, we've got a quote here. We've got a couple slides from the book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, by Klaus Schwab and Thierry Malheureux. In one form or another, social and physical distancing measures are likely to persist after the pandemic itself subsides. What did I tell you six months ago? I said this is not going to stop. If you give these people an inch, they will take a mile. Look what they did to air travel after September in 2001. Look what they've done in the time since then. Okay, so here they are telling you they're going to persist with the social and physical distancing. Justifying decision in many companies from different industries to accelerate automation. There you go, there it is right there. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. You can check out Jay's, Jay's analysis channel, Jay Dyer on YouTube. He was in the chat earlier. He's probably crying about his lost rap battles with Lil Aids, the greatest rapper of all time, um, or whatever, trying to plagiarize. My work, something. No, I'm just kidding. I love Jay. Um, congrats on the on the wedding too, Jay. Um, they got married. Yeah, they got married. A, yeah, they got married. So Jay and Jamie. Congratulations, Jay and Jamie. May you be blessed with many years. Um, Jay did a great job breaking down Klaus Schwab's book, not the Great Reset book, but his book entitled. What was his book entitled? What was the book titled? Klaus Schwab's book. It wasn't the COVID nineteen the Great Reset, but I think it was just the Great Reset. So, anyways. Um, here we go. Physical and social distancing, quote, are likely to persist after the pandemic itself subsides, justifying the decision in many companies from different industries to accelerate automation. After a while, the enduring concerns about technological unemployment will recede as societies emphasize the need to restructure the workplace in a way that minimizes close human Contact. Indeed, automation technologies are particularly well-suited to a world in which human beings can't get too close to each other or are willing to reduce their interactions. Our lingering and possibly lasting fear of being infected with a virus will thus speed the relentless 
march of automation, particularly in the fields most susceptible to automation. Hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? From the onset of the lockdowns, it became apparent that robots and AI were a natural alternative when human labor was not available. Furthermore, they were used whenever possible to reduce the health risks to human employees. At a time when physical distancing became an obligation, robots were deployed in places as different as warehouses, supermarkets, and hospitals in a broad range of activities from shelf scanning to cleaning and, of course, robotic delivery, a soon-to-be-important component of healthcare supply chains that will in turn lead to the contactless delivery of grocery and other essentials. As for many other technologies that were on the distant horizon in terms of adoption like telemedicine, businesses, consumers, and public authorities are now rushing to turbocharge the speed of adoption. This is what it's about. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum are telling us right here, this is what it's about. It's not about health. It's about automation. It's about the post-human world. It's about reducing human population and ritualistically implanting in your consciousness, in your psyche, through rituals, through rituals, constantly implanting this idea that this is normal, this is good, we need population reduction, we need to reduce our contact with human beings, and it's dangerous to be around other people. But robots are going to save the world. The technocrats will save you. All right, so where are these campaigns we see coming from? The ASU protector, um, ASU professor. Mask campaigns need to appeal to masculinity. <laughs> Steve Goldstein wrote this article about this ASU professor, Arizona State University. Remember, that's where your daughters go to learn to become literal prostitutes. If you want your daughter to become a l literally, I went to ASU. I went to ASU. And the poster doesn't go, ah, yeah, I studied at ASU. If you want your daughter to become a literal prostitute, if you want your daughter to get a major in OnlyFans and sorority parties, please send her to ASU. Please send her there. So we've got ASU, <sighs> Steve Goldstein talking to Bradley Adain. Mask campaigns need to appeal to masculinity. August 11th, before you saw this big push of this, right? So the, the policies filtered down through think tanks, through NGOs, get pushed by the UN. In the corporate world, insurance companies get involved and they start pushing all this stuff. PR firms, and that's how it filters down. And that's how it filters into us. So remember, men who wear a mask are sexier, according to U.S. women. And brand, U.S. sexual wellness brand Royal just cares about your health, and they're going to sell you reproductive health services products to help you to be healthy and to wear your mask wear your dang mask all right now speaking of wearing masks we've got another we actually have an inspirational story about somebody who decided to wear a mask <laughs> a friend of the channel here who decided to wear a mask the right way well, let's come over here let's see if we got any more super chats I want to thank you guys for the support 
all y'all supporting the chat here. Thank you very much for the support. Let's see, we put the link in. Super Chats are the way you keep these streams going. The best way to send Super Chats is, of course, through Streamlabs because they don't take a huge cut like YouTube does. So you got the Streamlabs donation link right there in the chat. What do you guys think about all this? You guys wearing your face diapers? Everyone wearing their masks? You guys are being good global citizens in there with your face diapers? I hope so. All right, here we go. All right, got a super chat here from DB. Thank you, DB. Sends Canadian, sends the Canadians. Canadian, five, five Canadians. Says off topic, any tips, suggestions for a city dweller to move to a more rural off-grid lifestyle to move away from this insanity. Absolutely. I mean, depending on what state you're in, what climate you live in, Guys, what If you want to be the big man, the big daddy. You want to be the big man, the big daddy. <laughs> and it's fun. They're, they're constantly projecting this, too. These people who are so confused about what it is to be human, what it is to be a man, these vegans, these people are completely confused about what it is to be a man already are telling you and I, oh, you're toxic masculinity if you want to if you want to have a wife and kids and you don't want to wear the mask. You don't want to be the big daddy. <laughs> the, we're being, isn't it crazy? We're being told by these dudes who are legitimately toxic masculinity, whose, whose formulation in their mind and their psyche of what it is to be a man is completely toxic. And they violently and toxically destroy what it is to be a woman. Some of these people, who want to be the big man, the big daddy. They mock women. These, these men who are telling you what toxic masculinity is are destroying masculinity, are destroying femininity. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we're, we're gonna have to get into that one later. We'll, we'll get into that subject another day. But you, you, get, you, you see what I'm getting at. All right, mandatory muzzles, mandatory super chats. And speaking of masks, women find the men who wear masks sexier, according to the science that is settled. Well, what about this dude? <laughs> what about Tam Sheaf? I don't know if you guys saw this. Back on July 24th, you put this out. It's been a month. I don't think I've, uh, I've gave Tim props publicly yet. Um, but, yep, Tim Sheaf, former, former vegan, actually. Very legitimately talented athlete, right? Not, not like, you know, vegan athlete, right? Not that these dudes have a vegan YouTube channel and work out two days a week and take some TRT and call themselves a vegan athlete. Tim is a legitimate parkour athlete, an accomplished athlete. He was on Ninja Warrior. The guy's actually got his own thing going on. He's actually kind of expanded into the whole movement field. And he's been doing some really cool stuff in that, in that realm. So big shout out to Tim. Here's what Tim has to say about your damn face muzzles. There's no evidence, no evidence whatsoever. Check out the CDC and the WHO that masks will actually... 
It's been proven by medical doctors that it's detrimental for your health. Why? Why is it detrimental? It stops the flow of oxygen into your body. The cloths, the masks that are cloths. Do you know why they actually use masks, folks? They use it in surgeries for splashes and anything that will contaminate them, not for protecting you from viruses. Hello? Are we sensible people? Can we actually think in this world? Can we actually tell our government? Thank you, sir. Can we actually tell our government, Mr. Boris, you're an absolute fool for telling the rest of the fools to believe in your absolute rubbish. And Mr. Boris, with all due respect, sir, you are a prime minister of a country and you should be making correct decisions, not foolish decisions, which you made a whole bunch of them, because we know who you're really working for, but we won't tell everybody, because you know what? If we do tell everybody, then there'll be riots in the streets and protesting and rallies, and you'll be overthrown, Mr. Boris, because you're the fool to go along with the New World Order gang. You see, that guy, he can wear these masks as he's done with, because it's such an embarrassment to his intelligence. Such embarrassment. There we go. There we go. So there, here's a real man. Here's, here's an actual man, Tim Sheaf. Shout out to Tim Sheaf. Props to Tim Sheaf. Showing you how to properly wear a mask. An, here's a real man. Doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit what people think. Out here making a real statement. I gotta say, I gotta say props to Tim. Tim Sheaf. I'm gonna have to get Tim Sheaf back on the show. Um, here's his video. It I got ton of views. There you go. 124,000 people have seen it. It's called Wearing a Mask. You can find this one on Tim Sheaf's YouTube channel. <laughs> Properly wearing the mask. Standing up. Causing a scene here, getting a little attention, but for the right reason. This shit is ridiculous. Alright, so Tim. Looking healthy. Looking strong. Thank you, Tim. I, I, I gotta say, thank you, Tim. Thank you, dude. Thank you. I mean, this was like one of the few things that happened in the last month that was kind of like, all right, that was, that was pretty freaking cool. That was pretty freaking cool. He did a, uh, I actually listened to this whole thing. This was a good episode. He did a little podcast. It's just called Why. And he talks about why he did it. I suggest you guys check that out. Maybe we'll have Tim on to come talk about this. But so many people were mad. Can you believe it? Can you believe people were upset? Can you believe it? And guess who was upset? Guess who was upset? We'll talk about that in a minute. You've got uh, Derby Shire Lives. Derby, uh, Derby man walks through London almost naked in anti-mask demonstration. That's, a, that's one of the most iconic photos right there, man. Tim, congrats, dude. You got some of the best, some of the most iconic photos of the last few months. With a thank you. <laughs> what does it say? I think it says thank you hashtag like essential workers or something like that. Or frontline workers. Frontline workers. Frontline twerkers? My face mask brings all the boys to the yard. Someone said that in the super chat earlier. My face mask brings all the boys to the yard. And that's right. It's better than yours. That's right. It's better than yours. <laughs> guys, guys, to be the big man, the big daddy, 
All right, we got some super chats. I'm gonna come over here to the super chats. Super chats, super chats. All right, uh, we got Danny B. We already read that one. Omnivore Gains sending a five dollar super chat. Says, so now I have to pay five dollars to tell you you're a piece of shit. Seems about right. No complaints here. Carry on. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, maybe that's because the uh, for what is it on um, on Streamlabs? I think it's like five dollar. I don't know. But yes, you do. If you want to tell me I'm a piece of shit, you can pay at least five bucks. If you want me to listen. Um, all right. DB says off top. I know we already read that one. DB, thank you for the super chats. Sent a couple Canadian fives. Raw Milk Dude donates five bucks. Says, keep fighting the good fight, brother. Right on. Raw Milk Dude. Appreciate that. That was a Streamlabs donation. You guys, the Streamlabs link in the description or in the, in the uh, chat right now. Best way to go. Bear Roots Farmer sends $49.99 through Super Chat. Says, had to explain what was going on to my husband who just walked in on that clip. Ha, ha, ha. We were just talking about wearing masks this way. That's so cool. All right, that's, that's the only way to wear a mask. Wear your dang mask. But yeah, I, Tim, Tim Sheaf, props to Tim Sheaf. Um, got some news, got some news uh, recognition here. Derby Telegraph, Mail Online, naked man seen strutting along busy Oxford Street wearing nothing but a face mask G-string is ninja warrior and vegan YouTube star who eats meat. <laughs> the longest, dumbest title. Uh, the Daily Mail, of course. Daily Mail. This is trash title. Man parades down Oxford Street wearing nothing but mask. So Tim. Killing it. Good job, Tim. But. But. Not all. Not everybody was impressed. Not everybody was impressed. A, a close friend of the channel here. Hench Herbivore. You guys heard of Hench Herbivore? Otherwise known as hench hernia, hench herbivore, the human hernia. It's also a nickname that he, uh, I think he gave, I think he made that one up himself. And I think that's his pronoun, hernia. Um, here's, here's a post from hench hernia. Uh, he's over in Norwich, Norfolk. Norwich, the henchest herbivore in the world. The henchest herbivore in the world. He's so hench. And he's such a herbivore, and he just cares about the animals. He just totally cares about the animals. Here's his post. We've got... Oh, it only it zooms in too much when I zoom in. All right. So there's an arrow pointing to an old man, right? Boomer in a mask. Oh, poor, vulnerable. Not toxically masculine. Pretty sexy, if you ask any U.S. woman, <laughs> according to the science that is settled. Uh, oh, we've got this boomer wearing a mask. And... Uh, Hench herbivore has got an arrow pointing to him in fear for his life. Tim Sheaf on the left, naked, with a mask over his gender bits, has an arrow to that, says, in fear of irrelevancy, right? So a boomer fears for his life, but Tim Sheaf just fears for irrelevancy. Hench herbivore calling Tim out, slamming down the, the, the vegan hammer of... Moral judgment. Slamming Tim Sheaf. All right, so I, I saw this. Somebody sent me this. And of course, I, I, had, to, I had to respond. So I, I reposted this. This is on Instagram, by the way. I reposted this. Hench Herbivore. I'm a huge fan, of course. Um, 
huge fan of Hedge Herbivore. And uh, I said, Hedge, are you still wearing the t-shirts designed by Tim from your sponsor company that Human Timothy founded, right? Human Timothy, that's his handle on uh, Instagram. So I'm, I'm asking Hedge, are you still wearing the t-shirts designed by Tim from your sponsor company that Tim founded? Is that, is that true? Is that true that Tim founded the company? Yes. Tim founded the very company that Hench, <laughs> the Hench reps, ethics. Tim made the t-shirt. He designed the t-shirt that Hench wears. Okay, so I doubled down. I went, I, I commented on his post very kindly. Said, Hench, I'd love to have you on my show for a debate or discussion. We don't have to debate. I know, I know you vegans, you get so scared of actual debate. So I said, debate or discussion. Am I still alive? I think I am. All right, so I said, Hedge, I'd love to have you on my show for a debate or discussion on your activism. Mandatory face diapers to be safe. Right, like I'm giving, oh, hey, face diapers, keeping it safe. Um, so of course, you know, I put the, some black fists in there so he knows I'm down with like all the social justice stuff. Uh, mask emoji, DM me, let's set it up. Right? It's going down, right? I'm sure, you know, Hench, so confident, so vegan, so ethical. I'm sure he would love to talk to me about this, but um, this resulted, the reason I'm showing you this via screenshot right now is because Hench blocked me. So this, this got me a block asking Hench to come on for a discussion. Several people were commenting on there as well. There were at least 10 comments of people asking him, hey, why don't you go have a debate with Tristan? Why don't you go talk to Tristan? Talk to Primal Edge Hell. Talk to Tristan. And I think he, he did, somebody sent me a screenshot of him responding to one of them. And he said something like, why would I talk to an insane person? And then he blocked that person and blocked me. So we all blocked. <laughs> we all blocked. So we, we all know that, uh, that Hench... Hench fears no man, right? He's just there to save the animals. He wants to protect the animals. He wants to protect the innocent from all of us murderers, but he's totally not willing to debate or converse with us. Right? So he is a uh, very brave man, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll come on. Maybe it was an accidental block. Right, so here's the gentleman so lacking in ego that he's now just referring to himself as... Oops. How's my internet? Am I still here? Am I still here? Guys, am I still here? Hello. I hope I'm still here. Let me refresh this. Oh, there it goes. We're still good. All right, we're good. All right, so let's um, let's check out what Hench has to say. Just because I don't know, he's Hench. He's he's a fun one to check in on. We always like to check in on our um, our activist friends over here. Activist Hench herbivore. What the hell's wrong with this? Hmm. All right, internet's getting weird. Internet's being naughty. Am I still live? OBS is still streaming, but 
my browser is being weird. And I don't see I don't see the chat moving. Come on. All right, we're still good. Here. Let's just refresh this. We shall refresh. Hmm. All right, bear with me. Sorry, guys. I hate when there's dead airtime. Uh, I'm not sure. It seems like we're still good according to the chat, but my pages are not refreshing. Let's see. Let's throw a... Let me use a VPN... Let's use this VPN and see what happens. Bear with me. I'm glad I'm still. I know a lot of you. Hey, what's up, Jordan? What's up, Courtney Shoemaker? Thank you for letting me know that we're good. Aaron, Pam. I'm just going to connect to this, and this should... I think there's an issue with my DNS. Some sort of a DNS-type issue going on here. Don't leave. Don't leave. Bigots. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I, I think I'm still streaming. It says I'm good. Let's. Bear with me. We should be coming back. Come on now. All right, well, this is weird. So what's happening is I'm good. I'm streaming through OBS. The connection is solid on OBS. But the browsers are being really wonky. Now I just changed the DNS address. Let's see if that was an issue. <clears throat> or the, uh, sorry, I just used the, uh, change the VPN address. And hopefully that helps. It looks like we're back. It looks like connection is back. Sorry for the dead time there. All right, I despise when that happens, but it is what it is. All right, guys, sorry about that. Mm hmm. We good? Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. All right. Let's keep going. Hench herbivore. Let's hear what he's got to say. Here's a gentleman so lacking in ego that he's now just referring to himself as human Timothy rather than the Fresh Prince or whatever he used to go by. Bless you, Paul, using my name for attention once again. The irony, old friend. Bless him. He doesn't... That, that was actually, that was on the post 
that he's talking about here, the post where he was crying about Tim Sheaf, the post from this image. Because I saw that comment before, before I was banned. What irony means. Irony is when something happens in a way contrary to what was expected. Tim, this is a health-focused channel. When you promote acts that are potentially unhealthy, expect me to call you out on it. I'll tell you who is being ironic, however. You, whinging at what you say is me trying to get ahead to the detriment of you, yet you threw all the animals under the bus. And now you're acting like a child, walking around London with your ass hanging out, promoting something that could potentially see many more vulnerable people die unnecessarily. Oh, now, yeah, no, not wearing a face diaper. Not wearing a face diaper that's very likely to screw up your immune system and your lungs by decreasing your oxygen levels and by trapping bacteria and all sorts of nastiness on your face as you wear it there all day. That is so dangerous, right? Because you're an expert now, aren't you? You're an expert, right? You're like a washed up bouncer, a washed up TRT bouncer, and you're an expert on what it is to be healthy, right, Hench? You're so healthy, your friggin' forehead has a six-pack. You're, so you're so healthy, you have abs all over your fucking forehead. Hey, at least you were in the limelight once more, albeit for five minutes and as a complete laughing stock. Brother placement, how does it feel to be invited into a pyramid scheme? Okay, I think that's the only, that's the only thing he says about, he says about our buddy Tim there, but he banned myself. He banned Tim. <laughs> I think he banned Tim. I think Tim told me he banned him. So, hedge herbivore, he likes to throw the rocks, likes to chuck the rocks at the glass houses, but doesn't want to engage. I invited him, said, come on for a debate, dude. Come on, we'll have a discussion or a debate, because I know some of you, you get scared of the word debate. We'll discuss your activism, right? Black fist and solidarity, muzzled face mask. So we'll see. You guys go tell Hench Herbivore you'd love, you'd love him to come on the channel. You'd love to see a conversation with he and I. Let's see. Let's see what happens. It doesn't seem like he's too keen on it from what I've seen so far, though. Hey, we got high-intensity health here. What's up, dude? We got Mike. Mike, one of, the few, one of the few dudes in this whole space here that's taken a respectable position on this whole thing. Mike has revealed himself to be quite intelligent during this whole thing. Not, not that he wasn't like quite intelligent before, but Mike has, uh, from High Intensity Health, especially on Instagram, has definitely earned much more respect. Not that I lacked respect for him before, but he's, he gets more of it now. Great dude, check out Mike from High Intensity Health. Uh, all right, Hedge Herbivore. Hedge Herbivore. Let's explore a little more. We'll, we'll have some fun. Right, enough of the mask talk, enough of the muzzles. Let's, let's hear about Hedge Herbivore's psychonaut experience. Hedge Herbivore, psychonaut. Let's hear about his, his mushroom trip. Wait, do we, or do, we do, do we do Hedge Herbivore's mushroom trip first, or we'll do a vote? How about that? Do the mushroom trip. And then she pulled out my mushroom trip. We do the mushroom trip, or do we do... <laughs> okay. Hench Herbivore. Frank Tufano finally made me snap. Or Hench Herbivore, my first psilocybin mushroom trip. Which one do we do first? Which one do we do first? Guys, 
Mushroom or smashing the fash of Frank Tufano? Which one? <laughs> Which one do you guys want to see? Uh, you guys got any super chats? I'm going to come over here and check out these super chats. Appreciate the support. Super chats are how you support, or you can become a member at primalitchhealth.com. I see two Frankies, one mushroom, two mushroom, three mushroom, more Frankie ones. Do the first one first. All right, I'm seeing more Frankies. You guys want to see the, the Frankie one? Too fainal. <laughs> too fainal. All right, we'll do that one first. Hench herbivore. He's mad at Tim Sheaf. He's got a bone to pick with. Another vegan YouTuber, Frank Tufano. Let's see. Let's see what he's got to say here. Hench herbivore. Look, I gotta say, Hench herbivore looking, looking really healthy in that picture right there. He's got this beautiful green glow around his, around his, his skin, and uh, he's just got these sultry, piercing, wise eyes. All right, there's just so much wisdom in those eyes. Are his eyeballs sweating? You are questioning my manliness while both you know and I know that if it came to it, I wouldn't even need to hit you with my fists. I could just slap the shit out of you. <laughs> right off the bat with fighting words. Right off the bat. Damn, Edge. Savage. Hi, it's vegan personal trainer and nutritionist Paul from Hench Herbivore, and in this video I- Hi, it's human hernia Paul from Hench Herbivore. <laughs> Hi, I've been doing crunches with my forehead all day to give me six-pack abs on me forehead. A nutritionist Paul from Hench Herbivore, and in this video I put contrarian carnivore dieter Frank Tofano right about veganism and protein. On a diet devoid of animal foods, vegan, plant- It's grosser to look at, Paul or, or Frank? I don't know which one I'd rather not look at. And based fairy boy! Who are you calling fairy- Okay, wait, 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 we gotta back that up. About veganism and protein. On a diet devoid of animal foods, vegan, plant-based, fairy boy. Who are you calling fairy boy, you little pipsqueak? Ooh, pipsqueak. <laughs> so we start right out. We got, look at those beautiful eyes on Hedge. That's, those are the eyes of health. Um, we start out with another guy that has just the eyes of health. <laughs> Frank Tufano. Why is he always using this fairy boy term, right? Isn't that, what's up with this? <laughs> you gotta stop, dude. You're digging your hole deeper and deeper, buddy. We've all seen where those fingers have been. <laughs> We've all seen it. But uh, I get Hench, Hench is pretty upset at being called a fairy boy. It's, and it's not even clear that Frank is like, even talking about Hench here. Like, there, there's no, like it's not clear that Frank threw, threw, uh, threw any sort of insult at... Um, at Hench Hernia, but <laughs> but Hench sure is taking this seriously. You'd like to call it. I imagine you'd probably call me Sir to my face. There are specific arguments that vegans bring up to counter any reason to eat animal foods. That's because there is no reason to eat corpses. Unless... Uh, no, there are plenty of reasons to eat animals. Uh, there's a list of nutrients that you can't get from plant foods. Carnitine, carnosine, omega-3. Zinc, DHA, EPA, we already mentioned omega-3. Um, iodine, also. Not going to find that in many plant foods. 
vitamin B12. Have you, you heard of this, Mr. Herbivore? Lovely, lovely face right there, by the way. <laughs> You're tired of living pro-animal abuse and want to fuck up the planet for your children. Protein being one of children, which Hench doesn't have, of course, and, and also Frank doesn't have. Neither one of them will have children. <laughs> Neither one of them has children. But the vegans love to call upon the, oh, the, the future of your children. And the future of your children. Dude, Hench, you obviously don't care about children. You want to force children to be on a admittedly nutrient deficient diet that is very likely to result in complete destruction of their immune system, improper development of their central nervous system, and perhaps even worse, them growing up to look like this. That statement makes no sense. It either is or is not possible to get enough protein as a vegan. What other people are eating is irrelevant. And now, Frank, I'm bigger than you and far stronger than you. <laughs> so shut your trap. Yeah, shut up. I'm bigger than you and stronger than you. Damn, hench with that. Hench with that 12-year-old talking to his 8-year-old brother. Big pee-pee energy there. God damn, Hench. Calm down, bro. Calm down, stud. You're scaring little Fwanky. You're scaring little Fwanky boy. Eating is irrelevant. And now, Frank, I'm bigger than you and far stronger than you. So shut your trap. Vegans debunk this by explaining that different plant foods have different amino acid profiles, and by diversifying your plant-based food choices, you can get all of the amino acids your body needs. Well, yeah, because it's true. I'm not having any difficulty. Again, I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. Yep. <laughs> we need some Phoenix compilations. Where's Phoenix compilations? Or Young Virus. We need Young Virus or Phoenix compilations. Young Virus could do a beat throw a sick beat and have <laughs> hands here. I'm bigger than you and stronger than you. I am big and strong. <laughs> so the, so far, we're like two minutes in and all Hench has said is I can beat Frank up and I'm bigger and stronger than him. All Frank has said is that vegans are gay fairy boys. Even though Frank, we all know what Frank's all about. Um, man, this is just two, this is like, this is YouTube nutrition in a nutshell right here, right? Two completely irrelevant, <laughs> two completely irrelevant, irreverent characters with bugged out weird ass eyes telling each other <laughs> why they're superior to each other. Um, speaking of which too, it's like, and somebody, somebody mentioned this chat, it might have been Drew Morg in the chat before this even started. <laughs> Which is a very relevant oh point, right? So Hench says that this old man, in fear for his life, this terrible bigot, science denier, maskophobe Tim, is in fear of irrelevancy. Well, man, in fear of irrelevancy, you say Tim is in fear of irrelevancy. Tim's video, and speaking of relevancy, Tim's video has about 15x the views that your video response to him has. And Tim is actually relevant, right? What Tim did, Tim's act of protest, his kind of artistic approach to this, 
his artistic act of protest is hundreds of times, thousands of times more relevant than anything you've ever done, Hench Hernia. Having any difficulty? Again, I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. Okay, wait, so he's bigger and stronger than Frank. He's probably bigger and stronger than Tim too, right? So I guess he wins. <laughs> and remember, mind you, this is the same guy that was talk talking about, oh, you've been gaslighted into toxic masculinity. <laughs> in that video with a uh, shout out to You Did It Wrong, I did the voiceover for Hench in a video that she did where she highlighted some of the stupid arguments he made against John Venus. And so he said that John Venus was toxic masculinity embodied. Well, what is this? What is this, Hench? Is this toxic masculinity telling poor little fairy Frank that you're going to beat him up? What is that? I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. I thought you guys were all about getting rid of those transgressive, grotesque, this, it's so grotesque, those grotesque visions of masculinity. I thought you were getting rid of that. I thought you were smashing the fash. You know, eat this quinoa, eat this brown rice, eat this soy BS until you grow tits. I don't know any male vegan bodybuilders with tits. Show evidence for the bull you keep making up. Oh yeah, you can't because it's bull This implies that by consuming something that has a measured nutrient, your body is absorbing it, but the paper value of a food isn't what your body gets. <laughs> it's funny, like these dudes both read off of scripts. They're both alone while they're filming these videos, LARPing in front of the cameras, like experts and tough guys. <laughs> they're both, I don't think just, they're so similar, right? They both call themselves nutritionists. <laughs> what does that even mean? They both, I mean, it's just that they're both fame hungry social media starlet wannabes. I, I don't, why are you guys fighting? You should be joining forces. You guys should be making hilarious workout videos with each other. You guys should be doing, um, doing forehead crunches to really work on highlighting those ridges up in, up there in in uh, in, in Hench's mountain range of a dome. Well, again, I'm bigger and stronger than you, so I won't worry too much. Also, it cuts both ways. Dairy calcium, for example, is far less bioavailable than calcium from plants. Yet that's not true. That sure ain't true. And when you look at raw dairy, raw dairy is completely different from pasteurized dairy. The nutrient bioavailability of things like iron and raw dairy, completely different from pasteurized dairy. Dairy consumers don't worry about getting adequate amounts. If that was true, we wouldn't be pooping at all because we'd absorb all of it, right? Yeah. Kizzy on about now. And it does seem suspicious that vegans bring this argument up to debunk it. Any argument that vegans want to talk about, they tend to bring it up themselves as opposed to it being an organic discussion. Again, this is it. This Frank's video here. It's not, it doesn't even anything to do with Hedge. <laughs> Frank DeFono finally made me snap. Finally made me snap. Look at him right there. How dare you? He's got his how dare you face. Hedge Herbivore says, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I'm Hank Herbivore. Hey. <laughs> I love you, Hench. 
I love you so much, Hench Herbivore. You're such a good dude. All right, let's come over here. Let's see if we got some super chats. French Carnivore. What's up, French Carnivore? America seems like it's about to have a civil war. It sends a $5. A $5. Is that a super chat? Or is that via... What's that? Was that via Super Chat or Streamlabs? I think that's Streamlabs. We got several Super Chats. Great. There we go. Streamlabs is working well. Streamlabs is where to go. If you guys got questions, you got topics, you got videos you guys want to watch and commentate on for like the next stream, check out the Streamlabs link in the description. Maybe there's one in the chat right now, or I might drop one in if there's not. Um, Raw Milk Dude sent another $5 Streamlabs. Says, any good books to read? Openly talking about depopulation. I mean, there's plenty. Um, one of them that I, mean, I was pulling from for a Twitter post and I had some photos of it. And we'll talk more about this one later because there's some passages in Bertrand Russell's books. One of them, The Impact of Science on Society. The Impact of Science on Society by Bertrand Russell. Uh, openly talks about the need for depopulation. H.G. Wells' nonfiction books. H.G. Wells' book, uh, the New World Order, and also H.G. Wells' book, The Open Conspiracy. These are nonfiction books. H.G. Wells was reared by T.H. Huxley. He was really close with all these British eugenicist families, um, tight in with all the Royal Society crowd, many Royal Society publications that openly talk about this. I mean, you've got Prince Philip openly saying this. Uh, the Royal Family, many quotes from the Royal Family talking about the importance of depopulation, many quotes from the Rockefeller Foundation on the importance of depopulation. I would suggest also checking out, and I'm giving you a lot of options here, but hey, that's, that's what we're all about. We're all about documenting this stuff and not just repeating what we hear. All right, so question what you hear and research for yourself. This book, The Molecular Vision of Life, Caltech, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Rise of the New Biology. It is not explicitly about depopulation, but it is about the pivoted paradigm that got used to push the depopulation rhetoric, and that is eugenics, which pivoted to environmentalism and molecular biology. So the molecular vision of life, Caltech, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Rise of the New Biology. This is a very important work out of from Lily E. K., published by MIT. This is a scholarly work well-documented, all about, all about the Rockefeller Foundation's eugenics roots. Eugenics, which is about the control of the human gene sequence, the control of human breeding. These people think they can create a utopia by controlling everything you do. Another one, eco-science. Well, you've got the Scientific Outlook by Bertrand Russell, as well as... Um, as well as the other one I showed, but then there's also this textbook, Ecoscience. They start off the population uh, section. Chapter 13 starts out with a quote from Mao, from Mao Zedong, who is revered as a great leader in greenness and sustainability because he murdered so many people, because he killed so many of his own people. Okay, so Ecoscience, population, Resources, environment, you've got Paul Ehrlich and Anne Ehrlich. Paul Ehrlich was basically the Al Gore of the 1960s. He was the um, chicken little on TV going Johnny Carson. He, he kind of coined the term the population bomb. And they called the whole generation the baby boomers, right? Having children is like making bombs. They want you to associate these things. It's about language. It's about your vision of what man is. It's about your vision of who you are, what you are, what you can do, why you're here, and where you're going. 
They tell you that you're not made in the image and likeness of God, but you're just disposable little monkeys to be grown in test tubes and disposed of when you have no use to the technocracy. So this book, Ecoscience, 1970s textbook, highly recommend it as well. There's tons of other ones, so start with those. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the super chat. Raw milk, dude, appreciate that. Your super chats, y'all super chats, this is how we keep going. This is how you continue to see content like this by supporting and interacting with this. We are who knows how long until we get fully demonetized on YouTube, so use the Streamlabs link. That's the best way to donate and to support the work we do here. Um, but yeah, thank you for the super chat. We do have a few people who are stepping up, keeping the streams going with these super chats. I'm telling you guys, you want to see more, you better support. Um, so yeah, French Carnivore, who also who said, uh, sent five bucks, says America seems like it's about to have a civil war. Um, that's why we left in 2010. Uh, this, I thought this would be happening back 2011, 2012. It's taken a long time to get to this point. I didn't expect it to happen as it did. Um, There's a very crazy way that this has all been rolled out, but I agree. Uh, it's an unfortunate thing that's happening in the U.S. And uh, I am obviously uh, not expecting the United States of America to continue to be the bastion of freedom and uh, <laughs> whatever else you're getting sold on uh, the U.S. is. Uh, it's, it, in my opinion, the political situation is unsalvageable in the U.S. Democracy is a freaking abomination. But that's just my opinion. What do I know? I don't even believe that wearing masks and rubbing Purell all over the fucking world is going to save us. Um, all right, French Carnivore, let's see, we got any other Super Chats? Bear Roots Farmer, thank you for the Super Chat. Let's, oh, I already read that one. I think there's one more here. Danny B sends $1.99. Scary thing is that Hench is only 15 years older. He's 15 years older than Frank. How old is Hench? How old is Frank? Frank's like 25 or something, right? Frank's, a, he's like 25 going on 13. <laughs> Emotionally. All right, back to Hench. Before, oh, I like that. Like That's a really good like clip. <sighs> fake. It's so fake, Hench. You're such a bad actor, dude. You're just so freaking fake. <laughs> right? Another... Thank you, Jessica. Another commonality. You both, you both seem to desire to be uh, some sort of like actor, but everything you do just seems so contrived and so freaking fake. Before we jump into the science oh. and mechanisms in the body, we... Before I pretend to understand science and mechanisms in the body, as I read from my script that I copied and pasted from other people's blogs... <laughs> you can just disregard this anecdotally. You don't have to look far to see the muscle-wasting aspects of a vegan diet. Yeah, I'm half your size. Uh, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm far bigger and far stronger than you. Yeah! <laughs> positive body composition changes when someone goes carnivore, consumes more animal protein. Boom! You had to add carbohydrate when you started your so-called amazing carnivore body. <laughs> Look at his venom-spitting face. Let's just watch it on mute. Because his voice is almost as gross as his face. Here you go. <laughs> Here you go. What'd you say? You said both. <laughs> Hedger before his face moving. 
We, you know who we need? We need like a uh, somebody needs to. You take if he was in front of a green screen, it'd be easier. But you take that face, and then you you have like a the tunnel from two thousand one, a space odyssey from the uh, the what what do you call that scene when he when he meets the monolith <laughs> in space, and he's just like <laughs> you have Hench moving like this, and you have like that the two thousand one sequence behind him. <laughs> be horrible, right? Any ex-vegan interviews in a while, but the ones years ago on my channel demonstrate every single person that goes vegan to just omnivore, let alone carnivore, putting on 10 to 15 pounds of lean body mass simply by eating meat again. Both. I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. That's not okay. So every. Are we going to go through 11 minutes of this and just hear that over and over again? Do you have any other points to make? Oh, I'm sorry, boy. Eaten meat in eight years. If the vegan diet... Yeah, dude, you look like it. Look at your freaking eyes. <laughs> you look like it, bro. Years. If the vegan diet had enough protein, why do 99% of vegans look like decaying, corpse, ghoulish, goblin-like zombies? Show proof. <laughs> you are. Oh, look... <laughs> You can buy his house herbivore uh, hoodie. It has a Otpor uh, CIA color revolution fist with a carrot in it. <laughs> According to the actual data, vegans are the only dietary group to be in the healthy BMI range. Oh, the data. We, we looked at the data. We looked at the data and we found that hench herbivore is a stupid moron. We looked at the data and we were amazed. We were astonished. We looked at the data and we were shocked to find that hench herbivore is actually a giant hernia. <laughs> we looked at the data and we decided. No, we looked at the data and the data sh clearly showed that Hedge Herbivore looks like the thing from Fantastic Four who forgot to take his TRT shots for the last three months. Better question would be, why are most non-vegans fat or obese? If the vegan diet had enough protein, why do all of the vegan bodybuilders need to chug down gallons of plant-based nonsense protein powder? Gallons of protein shakes. I use two scoops. When I ate omnivorously, I drank six protein shakes a day. Do other bodybuilders use protein shakes? <laughs> yes, they all do, and you know it. Yeah, we're gonna skip. We're gonna skip for it. This is annoying. Though. I get around two hundred grams of protein and hundred grams of fat daily. Wow, can... you must be bigger and stronger than everyone. <laughs> get tons more. As I'm actually eating a high carbohydrate diet. Oh. Why are you always lying, Frank? Why your eyes always look like they're sweating, dude? What is with? I noticed that you never do a response to any of my videos called... No, no, Hench, that's what I notice. You never respond to any of my call-outs. Hench, will you respond to this? You're going to come on for a conversation? Paul, Hench Herbivore, we're going to come on for a debate. Come on, dude. Come on. This is a freaking coward. <laughs> you out. Because you know I'm right. A lack of fatty acids in the diet impairs glycolysis, therefore interfering with acetyl-coenzyme A metabolism. If I didn't produce sufficient acetyl-coenzyme A, Frank, I'd be dead. 
it is required by our bodies in order for us. So he glances down. He has to glance down. He, he can't say one sentence without glancing down to his computer screen for his script. Look at this. Our bodies. Oh, oh, read the script in order. Oh, you can't get through a sentence without looking at your script, dude. I'd be dead. It is required by our bodies in order for us to produce cholesterol. A computer screen with the words that we're supposed to say is required by our bodies to produce words from our mouth. It may have escaped your notice, but I'm vegan, so I consume low dietary cholesterol. Oh, uh, wow. Again, you're not... Maybe that's why you look green. Maybe that's why you have a green glow about you always. And your eyes look like they're sweating. Why you always lying? A lack of protein impairs Peruvian metabolism, uh. acetylcoenzyme A metabolism, the citric acid cycle, and the urea cycle. Each of these molecules are crucial for energy metabolism, as well as processing amino acids, ultimately determining energy capacity, muscle building, and recovery capability. Again, speculation provide proof for your silly hypothesis. How do I know it's silly? I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. That's yeah, with the flex. Look at that flex. Oh. Hey, Hench, guess what? Guess what, Hench? You have the physique of every washed up bouncer gym rat. You have the physique of every <laughs> washed up Gen X or gym rat. Nothing about your physique is impressive. How much do you weigh, dude? And is that, is that with your natural testosterone or are you, you, you doing TRT? You do TRT because I know you've admitted in the past of doing, what'd you say, like 10 times the physiological dosage of testosterone? You produce natural test? Not that there's anything wrong with that, man. There's plenty of people that are on TRT. There are plenty of people who openly discuss it too. So, hey, Hench, when are you coming on, man? When are you coming on? You can come on, you can flex, you can talk about how much bigger you are than everybody, how you can beat everyone up. But let's have a discussion. Let's have a debate, dude. Why are you such a coward? I'm stronger than you. That's my proof. Where's yours? On top of this, plant-based proteins like soy and wheat are more readily converted to urea as opposed to animal-based proteins. Yeah, well, animal products will kill ya. On the plus side... Animal products will kill ya! Oh. It appears as though he's referencing some actual data for once, but somewhat unscrupulously, he's not cited it anywhere, which is a huge red flag for me. Anywhere you pause it, <laughs> look at Hench's face. It's gonna be funny. And well, anyone with a brain. Kind of funny how the vegans are always saying that animal meat rots in your stomach, whatever. Well, plant protein rots in your body and turns to ammonia. Plant foods in the absence of animal plants pass from mouth to anus in just 12... <laughs> now you're speaking Frank's language. ...to 16 hours, whereas the meat that you eat is in the colon putrefying for days. Just look up the colon cancer rates for vegans versus non-vegans. Look, he can't get... This dude can't do a single sentence without changing camera angles and redoing his... rereading a script. This guy can't, this guy's brain fog seems like it's so bad, he can't sit and shoot a video. Right, at least the dude that he's trying to attack here, who wasn't even talking about it. You're acting like Frank is attacking you personally. He was talking about like veganism and protein or something. What is he talking about? 
bioavailability of protein in plants is lower than in animals. Like, this is 20-year-old paleo info. <laughs> this is paleo info from back in the day. Everybody knows this, dude. Why are you acting like he's attacking you personally, Hedge? Calm down. The vegan diet is lacking in vitamins needed for proper methylation. The vegan diet, again. Which vegan diet? Veganism is not a diet. It's for ethics. We're here for the animals. Not mine. All my nutrients test bang at the top of range. Resulting in high circulating homocysteine levels. Nope, mine's low. These metabolic cycles are limited so much on a vegan diet, it becomes obvious why vegan athletes fall completely apart after being vegan for just a few months. Novak Djokovic, Serena Williams, Cam Newton, their performance drops. Three athletes. Three. Two. Oh, three. Dude, there's way more. How about uh, you? <laughs> Another example of a washed up fake athlete. <laughs> you. What about the guy that you've basically built your channel attacking, John Venus? What about the guy that you also built your channel attacking and whose t-shirts you still wear, Tim Sheaf? There are countless examples of people who have failed on a vegan diet because it is a nutrient deficient diet inherently and admittedly. That's why you have to supplement it, dork. Non-vegan athletes get injuries. Why? Oh, yeah. non-vegan athletes get injuries. Non-vegan athletes take supplements. The same repetitive stuff. This is why people like Hench will never come on and actually debate because they just regurgitate talking points. They can't flow. They can't actually speak to a human being because they're not even real. This is a fake persona. This green, glowing, deflated the thing from Fantastic Four. Um, what a sausage rolled forehead weirdo guy. This guy will not have an actual discussion with anybody. All he wants to do, all he can do, is sputter and spit and slur sentence fragments and slogans. That's all he can do. I believe they do. I was plagued with injuries as a meat eater. Too much inflammation. I'm so much better now. Oh, he's better. Look how much better he is. Look how mentally healthy he is. Look at him. He's way better. And he's bigger and stronger than you, Frank. He's hench herbivore. He's so alpha. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so much stronger, so much bigger, so much alpha-er. I'm so much bigger and stronger than you. Oh, what do you know? I called it. Oh, I must be like some sort of a psychic with magical psychic powers. No. These people are just daft fools. These people are one-trick ponies. If these vegan clowns understood human metabolism as well as I did... Right, that's it, Frank. I'm calling you out. I'm going to be doing some extensive traveling in the future. Gemma's been to New York before. She's Ooh, he's going to do some extensive traveling. You're going to come to Ecuador? Why don't you come and do some street action in Ecuador? Why don't you come out here and expose <laughs> the terrible slavery and suffering and the rapist murderers on their small family farms in Ecuador? Come down here, henchy boy. Come on. <laughs> Let's rewind. It sounds like he's, he's going to pull the vegan gains thing and challenge him to a fight IRL. Inflammation. I'm so much better now. And I'm so much bigger and stronger than you. 
If these vegan clowns understood human metabolism as well as I did. Right, that's it, Frank. I'm calling you out. I'm going to be doing some extensive traveling in the future. Gemma's been to New York before. She's keen to go again. And I'm going to come with her. I want me and you, Frank, to go to a gym together, number one, so you can see with your own eyes how much bigger and stronger I am. Yeah! Oh, they're going to have a bigger and stronger competition. <laughs> he wants to go to New York and, number one, go to a gym with Frank and compare physiques. All right, let's, we'll see who's bigger and stronger. <laughs> yeah, Hans, you're so big and strong, dude. You're so big and strong. I'm so glad that you are, just like, I mean, you're always bringing up this, the toxic masculinity. You've been gaslighted by toxic masculinity. But you're just crushing it, right? You're crushing that toxic masculinity. You're smashing the fash by being so big and strong. You're so alpha. You're so strong. You can see with your own eyes how much bigger and stronger I am than you. And two, we can see if you want to call me fairy boy or clown to my face. We'll see if you want to call me fairy boy or clown to my face in an oil wrestling competition. Okay, we'll see who's bigger and stronger. <laughs> we'll do some naked mud wrestling. I want to caveat this by saying I genuinely never want to lay my hands on another human in anger ever again. Oh, uh, oh. I genuinely never want to lay on my hands on another human being in anger ever again. Let me just back this up to the beginning, Hench. Questioning my manliness, while both you know and I know that if it came to it, I wouldn't even need to hit you with my fists. I could just slap the out of you. Oh, yeah. So he's manly because he could just slap you, right? He's manly because he could just slap you. But don't question his manliness because his manliness is so manly. He could beat you up, Frank. <laughs> beat you up. Too much inflammation. I'm so much better now. And I'm so much bigger and stronger than you. If these vegan clowns understood human metabolism as well as I did. Right, that's it, Frank. I'm calling you out. I'm going to be doing some extensive traveling in the future. Gemma's been to New York before. She's keen to go again. And I'm going to come with her. I want me and you, Frank, to go to a gym together, number one, so you can see with your own eyes how much bigger and stronger I am than you. So he's and so comfortable. He's so comfortable with his masculinity that he's willing to go and show homosexual lady of the night, sex worker, male prostitute, Frank Tafano. He's so, he's so comfortable with, mas with his masculinity that he's willing to go to New York and physically show Frank Tafano that he's not a fairy boy. He's not. He big man. We want to be the big daddy. The big man. See, we can see if you want to call me fairy boy or clown to my face. I want to have... Again, Hench, buddy. Frank's video was about vegan protein, dude. <laughs> Why are you so mad? ...this by saying I genuinely never want to lay my hands on another human in anger ever again. But this needs to be said. You're questioning my manliness while both you know and I know that if it came to it, I wouldn't even need to hit you with my fists. 
I could just slap the yeah out of you. Anyway, just ignore all that like usual if you're the fairy boy clown. If you've got an ounce of masculinity, let's arrange it. Treat me with the So according to Hedge, masculinity is proven by strength and size and physical ability to beat up a homosexual prostitute. All right. Hedge heard before? Thank you for that. Let's move on to the next one. That's Hedge Herbivore's psilocybin mushroom trip report. Hedge so we, we know that the vegan movement is no is no uh, no stranger to major awakenings and spiritual work using the medicine. So let's Let's learn a little bit more about the, uh, the these vegan psychonauts. First, uh, we'll, we'll take a trip down memory lane. We'll check out Vegan Gains' experience with the medicines, as they call it, in certain circles, where they pause and try and <sighs> do extra breathy pronunciation of words. The medicine really helped me to just see that everything is a part of me. I am everything. I am you, and you are me, and we're a happy family. Like Barney said. Was because I've had a lot of friends who have said uh, it's increased their creativity, uh, opened them up to new ways of thinking. <laughs> the guy, a friend of mine who gave me the mushrooms, um, he said, okay, it'll take about half an hour, 45 minutes for you to really feel anything. I took a little bit more of the mushrooms, only like another gram and a half maybe. I think in total I took maybe five grams. <laughs> I haven't seen this. This is actually pretty good. <laughs> five grams. When you take five grams of mushrooms in silent darkness, you can feel the cosmic penetration of the ether colliding and creating kaleidoscopic imaginatory images of the fractal past and future coalescing into the one single and omnipotent and omniscient now. This is Terence McKenna coming from the void. Reminding you that the mushrooms will teach you how to be truly masculine as you go to the raves and to the music festivals and be promiscuous on the mushrooms. We must all take the mushrooms five grams in silent darkness. And then we will learn the secrets of Gnosticism and the universe with Terence McKenna. <laughs> it's just getting so, it's getting, these streams get weirder and weirder. There's a lot going on, there's a lot going on. But you're all sticking with it. You're all sticking with me and I appreciate that. Mecha Wing Zero donates five bucks through Super Chats. Would you debate Hedge Herbivore like you did those annoying vegans? Of course, I'll debate any one of these vegan YouTubers who have a decent following. I'll debate any one of them I've called out. Earthling Ed, Joey Carbstrong, Paul Bashir uh, from Anonymous Voice for the Voiceless, AKA um, Antifa for the Animals. I've, I've called out all these people freely. 
Dorian Ryder. You already came, already <laughs> debated that guy. Any of these people, are, I'm totally willing for them to come on. They can come on my platform, and we can talk about the ethics and morality of veganism. None of these people will debate. That's the problem. DB sends five bucks. Says, Tristan, what's your personal belief on the origin of man and how humanity ended up in such a messed up state? Also, hope you can expand more on my last question as well. We're Orthodox. So we believe that man is made in the image and likeness of God. And uh, DB, thank you again for the super chat. Uh, that was a super chat via Streamlabs. Streamlabs, always better. So extra thank you for using Streamlabs instead of super chats because Streamlabs don't take as much of a cut as YouTube does. Um, we are Orthodox, so we believe that man is made in the image and likeness of God. You can't interpret anthropology, history, without proper theology. And the theology of the fall is required to understand all of human history and where we're at and where we're coming from and where we're going. I would highly suggest reading a book, one of the most important books. Um, hopefully they reprint it. It's out of print right now, but you can get a PDF of it. Genesis, Creation, and Early Man by Father Seraphim Rose. Or get you can also just get yourself an Orthodox Study Bible. Um, yeah. So that's a fantastic book. One of the best critiques and breakdowns of the nonsensical religion of Darwinism, the dehumanizing, bestial religion and philosophy of Darwinism, social Darwinism. Check that one out. Uh, there's another book that's in print, Orthodoxy and the Religion of the Future by Father Seraphim Rose. That'd be a good one to check out. So that's what's up. All right, what's up? Garland Farms in the chat. You guys check out Garland Farms. He has some good videos over there on his channel. I think he's selling some good regenerative beef over there as well. Garland Farms. Who else in the chat? Okay. <laughs> okay, he's in the chat. We got a bunch of bigots in the chat having fun right now. YouTube still messing with the view count though. I know there's more than that. I know there's at least two billion people watching right now. We know that. All right, let's go. Let's go back. I started to feel feel it a lot more. Should be kicking in any minute now. I just got this amazing, warm, hugging feeling all over my body and. Just any stress and anxiety that I had just totally went away and I was just in a state At the peak of my high, uh, I did get a little bit of hallucinations. <laughs> okay. Alright, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Alright, so, vegan gains. Speaking of experiences with the mushrooms. But we cannot talk about the mushrooms without talking about the importance of Terence McKenna. Because remember, this, this whole movement of blasting people and their psyches open was so-called psychedelics. This was all promoted by the same big money interest, by Time Life, who put Timothy Leary on the front of Time magazine. Wasson, who was Wasson? Wasson was a banker from J.P. Morgan who went and brought the mushroom from Mexico in supposedly this exploration, this anthropological exploration, and brought it back after getting it from Maria Sabina and bringing the mushroom back to the West and introducing it to the Westerners. And also mescaline, peyote, was introduced to a lot of the aristocracy of Europe by Crowley. 
Now, Alistair Crowley was introducing people to mescaline. It's even rumored that he introduced Huxley to mescaline. May or may not be true, but it's well known that he introduced mescaline extracts of mescaline and peyote cactus to many people in the upper echelon, the upper crust of European society when he was a member of the Golden Dawn and after. Right, Crowley's whole thing was all about drugs, was all about connection with entities, connection with spiritual entities that go beyond the physical using these transportation vehicles of drugs, of yoga, and of ritual, and of ceremony, and combining all of them to open up gateways in the human mind. And so these things get pushed. You got hench herbivore even now pushing, pushing the mushrooms, right? Go trip out on mushrooms, bro. You're going to fix all your problems if you just trip out, dude. You're going to become enlightened like Terrence McKenna here. ...across space and time space and, and time. vindication as the world realized the truth of the trans-dimensional nature of the Storferia visions and the true nearness of the worlds that they had thrown open. For it has the become my belief that ramblings. an intelligent and utterly alien species was beginning for humanity. It seemed that out of the long night of cosmic time, the novelty of novelties, the moment of contact between minds on utterly different planes was the being... The moment of contact between minds on utterly different planes, the novelty of novelties, the self-transforming machine elve objects at the end of time. The transcendental, gleaming crystal at the end of time, in between the fingers of Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, as we travel through tunnels of iridescent, scintillating, crystalline structures of organic and inorganic materials. This is Terence McKenna coming at you from the void. Hench Herbivore, join me and the mushroom as we quiver our voices and become the next level of new male. Terence McKenna. Beginning, we were among the first to achieve contact with this other species. This, this feeling that like you're, you're the only one to ever experience life. You're the only one to ever experience consciousness and humanity and the majesty and glory of God's creation. This, this absolute madness, this uh, manic feeling that these drugs bring up of I'm about to break through the very fabric of reality and penetrate into the deepest mysteries. This is the, the prelest, is what we call in orthodoxy, the prelest, the spiritual delusion that this stuff brings about. You think you're the freaking tip of the spear of consciousness and evolution and you're the only one who's ever experienced these things and you're going to fix it all. This arrogance. Somebody was asking about Gnosticism earlier. Here's Gnosticism right here. This is it. It was the real thing. We had come to the equatorial jungle to explore the dimensions glimpsed in tryptamine ecstasy. And there in the darkness of the heart of the Amazon, we have been found 
and touched by this bizarre and ancient life form that was now awakening to the global potential of a symbiotic relationship with technical humanity. Mm, into the global relationship. We can all transcend all of life if we just upload ourselves into Google Cloud and all stick our peepees in the poo-poo to stop having babies so we can save Gaia. <laughs> this is like all peak. night long strange vistas and insights poured through me I saw gigantic machineries and worlds of vegetable and mechanical forms on scales vegetable and mechanical forms on scales unfathomable except by the gleaming third eye of the godhead <laughs> it was inconceivably vast time Agatized and glittering seemed to pour by me. Agatized and glittering. I can use descriptive words weaved together into poetic gobbledygook mush to give you circular thoughts of feelings about transcendence. Like living superfluids inhabiting dream regions of terrible pressure and super cold. <laughs> like living superfluids. <laughs> Freaking dork. Like I used to, I used to love like in college when I was uh, you know eighteen to twenty one years old. I thought Terrence McKenna was so cool. I was like, this guy's onto something. <laughs> this is this is what we're given in our culture. You're given these these stepping stones into degeneracy. These <laughs> stepping stones into just more and more confusion. Okay, so I'm look. I know some people out there maybe maybe have some beneficial experiences from some of these things, but I'm telling you. You're playing with fire with this stuff. And your so-called uh, you know, enlightenment that you experience from these things, how is it any different from things that you experienced before and after sober? You are tricking yourself into thinking that you're better off when you're just freaking sane. That's what these things do to you. And I saw the plan, the mighty plan, at last. I saw the plan. The mighty plan. At last, we could all eat the mushroom together and watch the same television programs. And if we all just eat the mushroom and are programmed with the same uh, stimulus at specific intervals in the life of human beings, we can all become gods by becoming a part of the hive mind. We can all live in a technocratic dystopia like THX 1138 where we all will take the mushroom and be completely indoctrinated into a human sacrifice cult of, hum of transhumanism. It was an ecstasy, an ecstasis that lasted hours and placed the seal of completion on all of my previous life. At the end, I felt reborn, but as what? I knew not. <laughs> Just, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. All right, so let's... We've got Terrence McKenna's um, bombastic, self-absorbed, masturbatory, um, pathetically poetic explanation of the so-called psychedelic experience, right? The medicine, the mushroom, the plant medicines, <laughs> and all the normies, all the normies are eating that. Now, even Hench Herbivore is becoming enlightened. Let's hear about Hench Herbivore's trip. And while I'm thinking of these people, I just felt love towards them. I could feel the emotion of love just pouring out. Whoops, why did that happen? Refresh. 
So it's like, oh, and I just felt love. And then I realized that I am everything. And all the people that I idolized, and all of the people that I keep thinking about because I idolized in my tripping out, tripping ball state, that I am actually a part of them. I am vegan gains. I am also a part of Gary Urofsky. We are all Joe Rogan. Why is it? I keep getting this. Firefox consistently gives me this error. Come back. Come back. We want to hear about Hench Herbivore's mushroom trip. Come on now. Come on, Henchy. If we would all eat the mushrooms and sterilize ourselves and submit to a technocratic world government. That's the wrong one. Come back. All right, we'll maybe pop over here to the chat for a second. We've we got to load this up. This isn't working very well. Where'd that go? We want to learn about the mushrooms. We would love to learn about the mushrooms from Hedge Herbivore. We'll come over here and see what's up. What's up, okay? Courtney Shoemaker, Omnivore Games. What's up? What's up, everybody? Oh, and that was me. Oh. And it All right, here we go. Now let's come back. We'll come over here. We'll see if there's any new Super Chats. Remember, the best place for Super Chats is not YouTube. It is the Streamlabs link. Become a member at PrimalEdgeHealth.com. Weekly coaching calls with myself and Jessica, who's still here. You can't hear her laughing because she doesn't think I'm funny. What? <laughs> she just giggles a quietly to herself. If I can make Jessica laugh, then it's like, all right. What do you think of my weaving? What do I think of your weaving? Mm -hmm. That's all right so far. I like the other ones better. I like the one on the wall better mm -hmm. than that one. I'm a huge fan of the one that's right. Let me see. This one's fucking Right there. I like that one. All right, let's come over here to the Streamlabs, see if we got any new Super Chats. Thank you guys for the support. I'm a soy boy. I, I'm a soy, soy boy. Because I love soy. All right, so DB, all right, what was your personal belief in the question of the origin of man and how humanity ended up? Uh, all right, second part of that question. Excuse me. Let's go back. Can you expand more on my last question as well? Uh, you're looking to move to a rural area. Let me find that last question. Sorry about that, man. I get so caught up. If we would only eat more mushrooms, our minds could focus better. Um, off topic, any tips, suggestions for a city dweller to move to a more rural, off-grid lifestyle? Find an area near you that you can afford that's in your state or the state that you want to live in and just jump into it. Really, that's, I mean, honestly, that's, that's the way to go. Don't worry about, oh, I don't have the skills yet. Put yourself in it. Surround yourself with people who are like-minded and who have the skills that you want to learn and absorb it. All right, what about, Jessica, what would you say? Right, he's a city dweller looking to get yeah, into a rural just area. Gotta just got to get started. Right? Whatever state you're looking at or whatever nation you're looking at, if you're in Canada, you want to move to a more rural area, it's probably going to involve you know, dealing with harsh climate, major changes throughout the seasons. And so surround yourself with like-minded people. Find people who know how to do what you want to do and absorb that knowledge that they're willing to impart to you. I mean, what we did, we, we, basically, we basically jumped into it. 
Right? We bought chickens. Yeah. We set up our chickens. And we made mistakes along the way. And we got our place here. As soon as we moved in, I was like, I want sheep. I'm getting sheep. I bought sheep. Like the day after. The, like the day after we moved in, I was like, I'm getting sheep. Yeah. Jessica, we're getting sheep. I went and got sheep. Uh-huh. I was like, I, I didn't know what I was doing. But you learn as you go. Now, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Network with like-minded people who know what your goals are. And people who have similar goals. And try to network with people who have the skills that you're trying to absorb and you're trying to learn. Thank you for the support. Thanks for the super chat, DB. Brent and Levi, five bucks via super chat. Respect, Tristan. It shows your character that you choose to focus on these controversial cultural and spiritual issues instead of keto clickbait. Jessica, Jessica was like, yeah, that's what's up. Jessica appreciates that. Because we've had this conversation countless times in the last two years. If I just continued making the videos that I made four or five years ago, which, like, I've, they're already there. I can't just keep regurgitating the same thing. If I kept making those, we would make significantly more money. But I would be less fulfilled. Money isn't fulfillment, right? Thank you, Brent. I appreciate that, dude. I know you, I, I, we interact on um, on uh, Instagram regularly. And man, I appreciate you at least recognizing that that's what it's about. That's, what it's, that's what's up. So I appreciate that. Look, we're all about helping people. And we do weekly coaching calls. And we, you know, I still do private coaching. We do weekly coaching calls in the Primal Edge Health group forum, in our private forum. So I like doing all this stuff, but I just I can't keep making the same videos over and over again. We gotta talk about this stuff. We have to fight back or our children are gonna grow up in a freaking hellhole. And that's really that's really what's up. And I don't expect that we're gonna like we're not gonna change the world. Right? We're just trying to get our house in line. And maybe inspire some other people to get theirs in line too. Into these people. And then I had the thought. Wait a minute, I'm also doing good in the world, and I don't always find it easy, but I'm stepping up. And immediately, that love that I was feeling towards other people, it just turned back on myself, and I felt that love towards myself, like, physically. Oh, yeah? (laughs) You mean, like, Frank? (laughs) Like, Frank physically, on video, felt that love towards himself? This This is the same, this is what they all get. This is what you get. Out of these experiences, especially like you do, you do kind of like a low dose, like Hench did. This is what'll happen. You, people they start thinking about all the people that they've come in contact with recently, right? Projecting their insecurities, diddling around with their feelings. It's like this rush of feeling and emotion and perception, and people start thinking about all the little things they idolize and all the guys, people they idolize and whatnot. If you it's like, oh, I'm ju- I'm just as cool as all of them. I'm I am everything. And all the people that I idolize, I'm just like them. Therefore, I'm like God too, man. We are God. We are Joe Rogan's God. And I'm God. And Terrence McKenna's God. We are God. It's always the same thing. Oh, and I just, I just need to love myself. What the fuck does that even mean? I need to love myself. <laughs> what does that help you with? To, to feel good about the delusions that you're chasing. To feel good about polishing your glass house all day. That's what happens with the lower doses. With the higher doses, people, people get into you know, some, some more intense experiences. <laughs> That's pathetic. 
And while I'm thinking of these people, I just felt love towards them. I could feel the emotion of love just pouring out of me and into these people. And then I had the thought... So again, like love, right? Love. What is love? Hence just defined it as an emotion. Love is an emotion. Love is just a feeling of desire, of want, right? Oh, I love you. I love you. It's just, it's just it's this idolatrous view of love. What, what is love, dude? Wait a minute, I'm also doing good in the world and I don't always find it easy, but I'm stepping up. And immediately that love that I was feeling towards other people, it just turned back on myself and I felt that love towards myself, like physically. Oh man, so, so hence herbivore like 30 seconds in and he's basically described every uh, 17 year old girl's first ecstasy experience. <laughs> Congratulations, hence herbivore. You're every 17-year-old girl who went to a rave for the first time, you fucking dork. Self, and I felt that love towards myself. These guys are promoting psilocybin, promoting illegal drugs, too. Talking about Tim Sheep. Oh, you wear a mask on your dinghy, mate. That's so dangerous. You're going you're gonna to hurt all the old people. But you're freaking out we're here telling your audience to go trip balls. Your audience that's already mentally disturbed. We know this because they watch you and they like you and they think you're cool. Your audience that's already mentally and emotionally disturbed and physically starving if they've decided to follow your stupid-ass dietary advice, you green goblin. If you're, the, the audience now is going to go trip out on mushrooms. This is really going to help a lot of people, right? Physically. <laughs> oh. First thing <laughs> Look, look. Got some new merch, Justin. You may have noticed I've got a mask on. Oh, I've got a mask on. It's compassion. But we've got a range oh. of different products. So it's the LGBTQ flag, some skin tones, human skin tones, and then some skin tones. LGBT with human skin tones. Of different products. Yeah, so it's dog. The LGBTQ flag, some skin tones, oh, human skin tones, and then some kind of animal print. So, so nice. That's neat. If you want to check that out. There's the shelf below there, or there's a link in the description if you're on the wrong sort of device to see that merch shelf. So yeah, this video, this is for entertainment reasons only. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> of course, in most countries, hallucinogenic. Yeah, like the country you live in. It's so, illegal, and you're promoting illegal drug use, you dork. Psilocybin uh, mushrooms are illegal, so you don't want to be. Look, I don't think that people should be locked up for this stuff as well, but I just, you're not reaching enlightenment by having a delusional pre-less experience on mushrooms. I'm sorry. You're not changing the world by taking some molly and realizing that you love yourself and you just want to touch yourself while listening to music and watching the walls melt. You're not reaching new levels of spirituality by taking mushrooms and jacking off to the painting on your wall. I'm sorry, you're not. Doing that, I'm certainly not promoting the use. For some people, it can be really dangerous, so... Uh, oh, it was some people. I'm not promoting the use for some people. I understand if people are colorblind, that they certainly shouldn't be doing hallucinogenics. If you're prone to mental disorders, things like uh, schizophrenia, shouldn't be done under age 25, should not be done because the brain's not properly formed, can mess you up. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 but, uh, but above 25, as soon as you hit 25, it's good for you, mate. 
you've been warned. All that aside though, I mean, these drugs or plant medicines, however you want to call them, you know, they've been very maligned over the years. Plant medicines, the, the medicine. I'm thinking of Kevin, what does he do? Masculinity is dead. <laughs> In the 50s, um, we were studying their use for... Who's we? You weren't even born in the 50s, dude. Oh, uh, for... Let me just, like, throw out some, like, Wikipedia history, training, psychedelia, uh, historical fake facts. In the 50s, um, we were studying their use for getting over PTSD, for you know, overcoming trauma, for substance abuse. And, you know, with the Vietnam War, men weren't wanting to, to sign up because they were taking these drugs, being a bit more free thinking and thinking, I don't want to go and kill people. So, you know, it all got villainized. And it all got villainized. It all got villainized. Well, Let's learn a little bit more about how, how they used this, uh, not just in the 50s, but in a, in a different 50s. In a different 50s. Let me find this correct page. Here we're looking at, this is a book called, well, this version is called The Aztecs. This was also published under a different name as well, but this is by Fray Diego Duran. Diego Duran, The History of the Indies of New Spain. Edited and translated by Doris Hayden and Fernando Orcasitas. Orcasitas. <laughs> um, so in the 50s, what were they using it for, Hench? What were they using uh, the medicine for in the 50s, as you said? They were taking these drugs, being a bit more free-thinking and thinking, I don't want to fucking kill people. So, you know, it all got villainized. Oh, it got villainized because in the... 60s people were taking it and said I don't want to go kill people Well, let's learn a little bit about how the Aztecs used the medicine after all the emissaries had delivered their gifts Tizoc's enthronement was completed on the next day before dawn Tlacaelel rose and went to the king's chamber to awaken him and adorn him and both went out to dance with the noblemen They said that their days were numbered and that they wished to pass them in contentment and gaiety since in the other world they would not sing or dance, nor enjoy the odor of flowers and tobacco, after the dance the nobility came to offer them garlands of flowers delicately arranged and handsomely decorated pipes of tobacco. To make the feast more solemn, all ate wild mushrooms, which make a man lose his senses. After four days of feasting, the guests were given rich gifts by the king. The latter was crowned. The victims from Metztitlan were sacrificed, and the visitors departed to their towns, so this is just this lovely, these people, they were so open-minded that they used the mushroom for human sacrifice rituals. Now this is firsthand, this is not, um, you know, some fake history. This is a firsthand historical account, primary document about how the mushroom, the medicine, the mushrooms were used. Now, there are several mentions of the mushrooms in this uh, chronicle here. During the first night, torches were lit in the courtyard and so many people held flaming braziers against the wall that it looked as if the house were on fire. Talakalel and the king 
supervised this part of the feast, which lasted four days. Food was brought, stews and chocolate drink. I have noticed one thing in all this history. No mention is made of their drinking wine of any type or of drunkenness. Only wild mushrooms are spoken of, and they were eaten raw. The Chronicle says that people became excited, filled with pleasure, and lost their senses to some extent. It never mentions wine except as part of sacrificial or funeral ceremonies. Only the great abundance of chocolate drink is spoken of as part of these festivities. Okay, let's go on. We've got... Um, page 225 here, when the sacrifice, so this is talking about this great sacrifice that was done, um, which treats the orders of King uh, Motexoma regarding the services that he and his household were to receive with the description of the things commanded by this great monarch. So there's, oh no, I'm sorry. They're talking about the solemn festivities that were made at the coronation and public anointment of King Motexoma and the many men who were sacrificed. So we've got Moctezuma, also known as Montezuma, talking about his coronation. Okay, so let's learn a little bit about how the mushrooms, this is how the mushrooms are used <laughs> historically. When the festivities ended, Montezuma seated himself in the supreme place, the divine seat, the place of the gods, and the war captives were brought out. All of them were sacrificed in honor of his coronation, and it was a pathetic thing to see these wretches as victims of Moctezuma. It was... It had become a common among the Aztecs to sacrifice men on feast days as it is for us to kill lambs or cattle in the slaughterhouses. I'm not exaggerating. There were days in which 2,000, 3,000, or 8,000 men were sacrificed. Their flesh was eaten, and a banquet was prepared with it after the hearts had been offered to the devil. When the sacrifice was finished and the steps and courtyard were bathed in human blood, everyone went to eat raw mushrooms. With this food, they went out of their minds and were in a worse state than if they had drunk a great quantity of wine. They became so inebriated and witless that many of them took their lives in their own hands. With the strength of these mushrooms, they saw visions and had revelations about the future, since the devil spoke to them in their madness. Cool, right? So they were just open-minded. They were open-minded. <laughs> they were just so open-minded that they understood the ways of the mushrooms. And now certain colleges in the US, King's College, uh, London, or was it Imperial College? One or the other. Anyway, they're being studied again with great effect and they are a lifesaver for many people, so. Uh, lifesaver, sorry. So he's obviously, he's reached enlightenment, right? He's. He's gone to the next level of mental clarity, of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. And he just wants to help you um, to take these mushrooms that were used uh, as human sacrifice tools <laughs> uh, by the Aztecs. Oh, cool. You know, don't go into it blindly. If you wanted to give it a go, you know, really do your research. Make sure that you don't fit that prior criteria that you definitely shouldn't be doing it. And do a lot of research. But, you know, set and setting is important. So he's, he's an expert, too. Set and setting. Wow. Whoa, bro. Set and setting is important. <laughs> he's using the, the, the Tim Leary. Man, he, he's, he's such a psychonaut. He's a pro now. Set and setting. Oh, you got to be around cool people or whatever. Like, you got to maybe have, like, like, a really good shaman. You got to make sure you got like a really good shaman like who's got like apostolic succession going to Terence McKenna. 
a good shaman that's like lived like a couple years in like San Francisco or Austin. I like your mindset going in and your intention and Oh, your intention, your intention. You have to have you. So when people go into it, they think if you just have the right mindset and intention, you just right mindset and intention. What is your mindset and intention constantly manipulated by? The cultural zeitgeist. You're constantly being manipulated by cultural imagery. And when you engage in this, it makes you, it opens up, what Huxley said, it opens up the doors of perception, which there's a lot of truth to that. Because what it does is make you hyper-suggestible. So while you're consuming all this pop media, mass media, you're becoming hyper-suggestible through these drugs so that you can be implanted with the worldview viruses that are being transmitted through this media. Why do you think these are constantly being promoted? These drugs are promoted. They were spread by government agencies in the 60s, 50s, and 70s. 50s, 60s, and 70s. <laughs> MK Ultra was all about finding ways to manipulate human consciousness, to mani manipulate human perception, using everything from drugs, rituals, trauma, media, fear, blackmail, confusion. The setting, you know, you need to be somewhere safe. Ideally, you want to be sat, you want to be baby sat by an experienced uh, tripper. Or shaman, or <laughs> you, you experienced shaman. Y'all need it. Y'all need a Terrence McKenna there with you. Through the release of energy and the control of matter in some form. I mean, it's not clear whether we are preparing to build spacecraft the size of Manhattan that are going to go off to the stars and win an empire along the Milky Way and that is our destiny, or whether we can go inward and, you know, place our entire world in a single grain of sand and leap with a single silicon chip and upload ourselves into the matrix and all become a part of Google and Amazon. But, this, you know, this is what happened for me, and again, I'm not saying that you should try it. But this not saying that you should try it, but, like, you should probably try it. <laughs> This is what happened for me. So I did a really low dose, about 1.15 grams. <laughs> okay. One gram is like the very minimum kind of dose where you get any kind of hallucinogenic effect whatsoever. <laughs> and I took... Psychonaut, hedge herbivore, one gram of mushrooms. One gram of his illegal mushrooms. They're totally illegal in the UK too, right, dude? Promoting illegal drug use. He took a whole gram. He's going to tell you all about his trip. <laughs> With the intent that I wanted to boost my... Why, why, please don't look out to these people. Please don't take these people's advice. <laughs> Find yourself a good woman. Find yourself a good woman who has a good motherly instinct. Marry her. Find yourself a good Christian woman who believes in God. If she's not Orthodox, help her convert to Orthodox. Marry her. Marry her. Build a family. <laughs> Get skills. You're not going to fix yourself by taking mushrooms. You're not going to fix yourself by following Hench Herbivore. You're not going to fix yourself by going and dosing on mushrooms in Hench Herbivore's freaking living room and staring at the stucco shapes on his wall. You won't. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Please stop listening to these 40-year-old, 14-year-olds. Get your shit together. Get a good woman or a good man if you're a woman. And start building a homestead, producing your own food. <laughs> Get the freaking hell away from these cities that are full of degenerate nonsense spewers like this. Confidence. So I've got the potential for a new business um, in the next few months. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. What's your new business, dude? And it would involve being live on stage, broadcast, possibly with celebrities. Celebrities? <laughs> Hench, is, Hench being, is Hench being offered like a, a television program? What's up with this? Vegan phobic. There you go. Vegan phobic. What's up, dude? Vegan Phobic, one of my favorite channels on YouTube. Vegan Phobic sends a $5 super chat via Streamlabs. Thank you, Vegan Phobic. Guys, check out Vegan Phobic's channel. Some of your recent videos are fire, dude. I've been meaning to watch a few of these on stream, but there's just so much. When you take the mushroom, you forget to watch the videos of Vegan Phobic because you're so busy becoming enlightened by Hench Herbivore who looks like a melted action figure of the thing from Fantastic Four. You know, it's a big step up from what I'm doing currently, and, and I've struggled. Like, people look at me and think I'm well confident. That's learned. Like, I was such an introvert. And, uh, you know, through YouTube, gradual Through YouTube. Dude, you're not an extrovert from getting in front of a freaking camera and trying to posture like a fake expert. You're not, you're, not, you're not improving your social skills by getting on YouTube and threatening to beat up homosexual prostitutes. You're not. I'm sorry. It's not helping. People look at me and think I'm well confident. No, we look at you and think you're a dork. We look at you and think you're pathetic. We look at you and think you're a hypocrite. We look at you and think you're a coward. That's learned. I was such an introvert. And, uh, you know, through YouTube... Gradual exposure therapy. I've got used to doing video. I don't mind doing my own video because I know I can edit that. But then you go onto someone else's channel and that's another step up and then that becomes scary. Oh, scary. oh, there we go. So he's scared. There you go. He admits he's scared to come on other channels. And then the TV, then the radio, then the public speaking, which I never thought I'd be doing. Anyway, it, I can just use, you know, I think most of us can use a good old confidence piece from time to time. So my intention taking these mushrooms was to boost my confidence. About 40 minutes in, I'm feeling slightly giggly. I know something's up, <laughs> something's about to happen. And I noticed that in my visuals, like things are kind of shifting a little bit, kind of pulsing, kind of with my breath. It was like the walls were kind of breathing in time with me. Uh, and then eventually, the, the main thing that happened is there's this uh, painting of a forest. And it <laughs> Dude, this guy had like the, the <laughs> this this guy had the mushroom trip that everybody watching right now had when they were sixteen. Oh, I was sitting on the couch and I was watching. It was like a painting, and it looked like the painting was like moving. Oh, and it looked like there was like a, a a container full of pennies, and it looked like it was worms moving. Oh, it looked like things were that were not moving were moving, and I was like. I'm God, bro. <laughs> to sort of take on the life of its own. It was like it was a TV and the camera was panning and the trees were kind of all 
spinning round or panning. Oh, I was like watching TV. It was so awesome. I took the mushrooms and it was like watching TV, but better. Up and down. The colours, the colours in the painting are blue, green, white and yellow. And the, the colours were kind of shifting to be more yellow, then more green, then more blue. The Big Daddy. Gotta reset that one. That one's so good. If you want to be the big man, if you want to be the big man, the big daddy. Guys, if you want to be the big man, guys, guys. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. DB sends Canadian two bucks. Says Stanch Herbivore has that soylent green glowing skin. <laughs> be nice. Be nice to Hedge. Be nice to Hedge. He needs to build his confidence with illegal drugs. <laughs> Alright. Um, thank you for the super chat. What else? What else? Zyklon B still in God sends five bucks through super chat. Says totally agree with Brenton. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you, man. And Brenton, of course, thank you for that nice, that nice, very perceptive comment. I appreciate that. I appreciate encouragement. I need some encouragement every once in a while because YouTube fudges the numbers. And it's nice to get some encouragement from you all. It was just a real pleasant, <laughs> it was just a really pleasant uh, visual experience. Uh, there's a couple of plants as well. They were kind of taking on a bit of a life of their own. They were in front of the paintings. They were taking on a bit of a life of their own. And the only other thing really was the bookshelf. I know it was sort of pulsating, was like expanding with my breath. And it was making me giggle. I felt like the bookshelf set and laugh with me. I sound like a rock. Damn, such amazing, deep, profound insights. The bookshelf. He felt like the bookshelf was laughing. So you get, he was so confused and discombobulated that he projected human emotions onto a bookshelf. This is enlightenment, everybody. This is enlightenment. Right, nothing, I'll deny. But as for visuals, like that's all I really got. I didn't do enough to have a real full-blown, you know, mad experience. Um, but at one point, I decided to go inwards. I shut my eyes and I laid back and I just let thoughts come to me. Let me guess. You're perfect. Your suit, like all the things you were worried about, all your insecurities, totally bullshit. You're just awesome and you're just as cool and awesome as everyone else. And you're just doing what's good and right always because you're good. You're just warm and fuzzy. All's good. Just keep doing what you're doing, bro. You're the man. Let me guess. <laughs> Let's see. And. I was remembering a couple of weeks back, I was at a vegan festival and I was talking to people who were doing like recycling, upcycling, like sustainable stuff, really thinking about our planet and, you know, just saving the planet. And of course, you've got a lot of uh, vegan stuff going on and people are caring about animals, you know, they're campaigning to save animals. And particularly, I, I met one of my what? subscribers, lovely, lovely man. And you may have seen the, the interview I did with him. And he had an amazing health transformation. He said in the video, and he said, this is hard to say, Paul, and it's hard for me to say now. He said, oh, basically, I was waiting to die. He, you know, he was so overweight. He was on so many meds. He had so many health issues. He wasn't happy, and he said he was... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I just realised that all the veganism stuff I'm doing is so good, and I just need to keep doing it. He's <laughs> waiting to die. And, and he's pulled himself around, he's dropped like 13 stone, he's come off all of his meds, 
you know, he's a real example and he could really help save people's lives and, of course, as a knock-on effect of that, save more animals, save the planet. However, he was really scared to, to do the Skype interview and uh, I really frightened, but he did it anyway. And while I'm thinking of these people, I just felt love towards them. I could feel the emotion of love just pour So love is just an emotion? What is love? Love is an emotion. Love is my, my own, my desire, right? My projected desire is love. This total confusion on what, what is love? What is right? What is wrong? Right? You, he, he's thinking about all these people that he just came in contact with this week, right? He's thinking about his recent, recent interactions and all the love, all the love. What is that? Does, you mean desire? Like, what, what is love as, you, as you're describing it, dude? I don't understand this. Went out with me. However, he was really scared to, to do the Skype interview. And uh, I really frightened, but he did it anyway. And while I'm thinking of these people, I just felt love towards them. I could feel the emotion of love just pouring out of me and into these people. And then I had the thought, wait a minute, I'm also doing good in the world. And I don't always find it easy, <laughs> but I'm stepping up. Oh, wait. I'm also love. I love me so much. Always the same story. Oh, I sort of think about all these people. I thought about like Jimi Hendrix and like the Beatles. And I'm like, oh, like they're so amazing. Wait a minute. I also am like the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix. I'm also, I'm love. We're all love. It's all love. Usually that love that I was feeling towards other people, it just turned back on myself and I felt that love towards myself, like physically. <laughs> physically, like physically. I was like in the building and I was feeling myself. I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. What's the next line of that? <laughs> I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. Trust me, baby, you're killing yourself. <laughs> I'm in the baby, I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. R.I.P. Mac Dre. <laughs> so, like, we got like seven minutes. It's taking me 40 minutes to get to this point. Moral of the story is he took mushrooms and now he's in the building and he's feeling himself like Mac Dre. Felt that emotion. Be in love with yourself. <laughs> be in love with yourself. Damn, Hedge Herbivore fell in love with himself. Would you know my name? If I saw me in heaven, would I know my name? <laughs> if I saw me in heaven, do, do, do. Would I hold my hand if I saw me in heaven? Do, do, do. <laughs> He's feeling himself. He's feeling himself, you guys. He's like self-partnered Emma Watson, as Jessica reminds us of a, a previous stream. 
Emma Watson. Here's the, the summary of, of uh, Hench Herbivore's. Here's Hench Herbivore on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mac Dre was alright. Go, it was, it was, get stupid, yeah. My name is Fur, I'm the owner of the villain. I'm a stupid I'm chilling with you bitches like Jack. I pimps and I mag drop the bands on the lap. Man, I've been in the back with the groupies and the stars. I've been out front with the thugs and the cars. I've been on the yard with the Mexican mafia. Only Roman Edwards that can kill the mafia. For this dick extra large. Okay. Well, definitely demonetized now. Um, but we know they're they're all demonetized. It doesn't even matter. You. On these streams, I've got to the point where it's like, I just play the, I just play it. I just play it because I know I'm demonetized anyways. And he's come off all of his meds. You know, he's a real example and he could really help save people's lives. And of course, as a knock-on effect of that, save more animals, save the planet. However, he was really scared to, to do the Skype interview. And uh, I really frightened, but he did it anyway. And while I'm thinking of these people, I just felt love towards them. I could feel the emotion of love just pouring out of me and into these people. And then I had the thought, wait a minute, I'm also doing good in the world. And I don't always find it easy, but I'm stepping up. And immediately that love that I was feeling towards other people, it just turned back on myself. And I felt that love towards myself, like physically felt that emotion. I, Never felt that, but I didn't know that was a thing that you could be in love with yourself. So I made love to myself. <laughs> we could feel love for yourself. I just felt like, oh, I'm just doing good in the world. I'm trying my best. Like, I don't mean anyone any harm. And I had this thought <coughs> that, that I don't mean anyone any harm. I'm doing my best. I'm living my best life. <laughs> so it just... All my delusions are reinforced. I'm I'm awesome. I'm rad. I just gotta keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, that cool. feeling was so powerful, and I thought surely I can draw on that for my confidence, and I deserve to feel ultimately confident and comfortable in my own skin because I'm just doing good. And how can that be bad? And how can I fail? You know, I just got everyone. Best interests at heart. And oh, I just got everyone's best interests at heart. How about my family's best interests? My family that requires animal foods, that we live almost exclusively off animal foods, grown in our own land. And you want to take away our right to do that. You want to take away our right to feed and nourish our children. You want to force a malnourishing diet that's going to create all sorts of central nervous system issues, immune system issues, developmental issues, cognitive issues, emotional issues in children. But I'm just being my best self. I took the mushrooms and I thought, oh, I'm so awesome. I'm so good. Uh, 
I feel like that stuck with me. I feel like that stuck with me. That was the only real, uh, like I say, it wasn't a, a, a deeply immersive trip, but that was the only kind of thing that I, that I really got from it. Um, after a while, I got a bit bored of being indoors and I went outside into the back garden and I just found that I was really inquisitive. I was really... Whoa, I was inquisitive. <laughs> wow. Inquisitive. I started watching these ants and you know ants, like they carry their dead. And I noticed one of them just had a piece of wing and then another one had like a dead queen and like half of her kind of wings were missing and something <laughs> stared at the ants <laughs> the he learned he learned the cosmic mysteries of the ants he learned to love himself he learned that he's awesome he's perfect he's doing everything right all he just needs to do is keep being awesome and perfect just like he is and he also learned about the cosmic mysteries of the ants carrying their wings oh like every little part of that of their brethren, like they're, you know, taken care of, and I don't know. Well, taken was... care of. <laughs> hey, Hench, none of those ants you're looking at are vegan, dork. All those ants you're looking at eat the flesh of dead animals. All those ants you're looking at require animal food inputs. In fact, all the plants you eat require dead, rotting animals and input from things like worms. <laughs> require animal dung. You want to have organic... Farming, you require animal input. Ants are not vegans, Dork. Really beautiful. And I watched my cat and she, um, she was just being really playful. And all of a sudden she got really frightened and I was kind of really watching her. And then I saw a shadow move around along the back fence and then down and there's a neighbor's cat and this neighbor's cat is very- <laughs> Someone in the chat's like, dude, does he realize they cannibalize their dead? Yeah, hey Hench, they're bringing those body parts back those ants are bringing those wings back so they can eat them. They're going to eat them. Ants cannibalize their dead. <laughs> Dupe. And aggressive. Uh, bless her. She lost an eye in a fight before, and I think she's kind of like, you know, overcompensating now. And uh, yeah, I just saw the fear like in, in my cat. And yeah, I think that's enough rambling. I've said that's the yeah, main point. that was point, so really. deep. He saw the fear in his cat. His cat that'll go and kill lizards, birds, rats, mice, any animal it can, any small animal it can to feed itself. It's cat that's not vegan. There was one other thing. When I was looking at the painting, I got up really close to it. And I was really marveling at the intricate little, like, thousands of little leaves and how it's like color on top of color and Oh, to mix those colors up, like you must do that in layers because you want to keep mixing the colors again. And I just saw how intricate and how detailed and how complicated the painting was for the first time. I'd never paid any attention before. I just thought, oh, that's a nice painting. But I saw like the level of skill and how like there's a process to it. And, you know, you're doing the lighter colors and you're going darker and darker as you're coming towards, you know, where you're kind of looking from. And I thought, wow, if you now draw a trunk, and if that's if you do it wrong, like pulls the whole painting up. I don't know, I just saw the skill and mastery in that little painting for the first time. Yeah, I know it's sad. She's like, Jessica's like almost crying over here listening to this, like, she's, cry she's bawling her eyes out. <laughs> what do you think is so sad about this? Come talk for a second. No. Okay. He's like a grown man. He's 
acting like he's never seen beauty before. Like, right. This is the, I mean, sad. yeah, it's sad, but at the same time, it's like these are the people who want to force their whole. They want to force an ideology onto all of us. These people want to tell us we can't feed our children animals. These people want to tell us we're murderers for having milk and eggs from our own land. These are the people that want to give us universal basic income so they could sit at home and freaking jerk off the Pornhub and take mushrooms and watch Vegan Gains videos. These are the people who are saying, if you don't wear your mask outside, we should put you in a freaking re-education camp. Yeah, it's pathetic, but it's like this is a pathetic face of evil. It's pathetic and it's broken and it's compensating for its brokenness and its disconnection from reality and God. It's fucking pathetic. Yeah, it's sad too, but it's pathetic. Well, Any of us could become this. It's, it's pathetic sad, exactly. Anyway, um, that was my little experience. Uh, take from that what you will. And uh, we'll see you in the next video, guys. Now click this. Whoa! <laughs> All right. Traveling through the scintillating tunnels of reality, bursting through multidimensional portals guarded by the jesters of the self-transforming machine elves. Hench Herbivore breaks into a new level of reality, levels up his activism, and receives the confidence of the gods from the mushrooms. Yes, Hench Herbivore, you are truly truly reaching the next level the next level come over here to the chat what's up everybody db i just see lmaos and lols what do you guys even i don't even know what you're laughing at Parnell edge is a master troll i want to see him in more debates yeah none of these people will debate me that's the problem go tell hench come debate hey hench come debate hey joey carbstrong come debate hey james aspie all the i want the big names i want the big ones Richard Kerr, what's up, man? I've seen you around for a while. Brenton Levi. All the, all the degeneracy comes back to disconnection from God, he says. Exactly. That's what it is. Someone says he looks like a roided mung bean. Are you talking about me? You're talking about me, aren't you? Thank you. I prefer to identify as a lima bean. <laughs> you still got a bunch of people watching. <clears throat> These are the people, though. These are the people who want to give you, who want to say, we need universal basic income. Vegan Games wants his universal basic income so he can sit at home and jerk off all day. Hench Herbivore wants to decide what your children can eat, but he has no children. Come on. Come on, come on. Pheasant Netsuke. No, I'll, I'll do... Smaller vegan names are fine. No nobodies. No nobodies, though. It's not worth it to have, like, somebody who's nobody, nobody's ever heard of, right? But, yeah, like, Humane Hand Penis. Um, uh, vegan Gains. I already debated Vegan Gains. <laughs> do that again if you want. Um, Hench Herbivore. I'm trying to think of, like... Uh, I've already had a lot of these people on. Klaus from Plant Beich News. Um, I don't know. All these coomers can come on. Every one of them. What about that couple? The, the oh, yeah, those annoying vegans. No, they, no, the happy, healthy. That uh, happy, healthy vegan they can come on. All these people who've blocked me. They've blocked you a lot. All these people who block me and always, always jump and dip and dive out of real debates. I don't know. 
I'm down, man. Anybody, you guys want to, you guys want some of these to get set up? Go tell these people. Go tell Hench Herbivore. Go tell, go to Hench Hernia's channel or his YouTube channel uh, or his, uh, I'm sorry, Instagram, and nicely tell him, hey, why don't you debate Tristan? Why don't you go on Primal Edge Hell? See what he says. That vegan couple, that vegan couple for sure. Those annoying vegans, I already debated them. I don't know. There's a few others. They're all low hanging fruit, aren't they? All right, what's up with the super chats? Oh, you stingy super chatters today. What day is it? Tuesday night. Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. Not that great for super chats. What was it? Sunday, Saturdays and Sundays are pretty good. Well, Tuesday's also been good. Tuesday's been decent in the past. It just depends on who tunes in. Who tunes in. We do appreciate the super chats we do get. We appreciate the support we do get from those who support these demonetized streams let's see best way to super chat best way to support best way to support is via the Streamlabs link here you go that's the best way to support Streamlabs link we got plenty of good stuff coming up today is Tuesday I'll probably do another stream Thursday another stream on Thursday and then maybe Saturday I'm trying to do three a week Make sure I get in three a week, hang out with all you bigots three times a week. I'm still contemplating. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with YouTube. YouTube has shelved this channel. YouTube has effectively destroyed the growth and potential growth of this channel since October of last year. We've been stuck at 130,000 views. Before that, we were getting two to 3,000, sometimes 4,000 new subscribers every month. So they've destroyed... First of all, the monetization, all the videos are demonetized. They've destroyed the growth of the channel. So I'm still considering, I'm still considering like doing another channel. My problem is I spent six years building up this one. <laughs> spent six years building up early, 2014, I think we started this channel. So about six years building up this channel, building up an audience. <sighs> And I think that there's certain keywords or certain topics that YouTube has shelved channels. Like the if you use the word health, I think that's that's a no-no now, especially moving forward in the flu world order. Um, so I've considered doing another channel to stream with. I don't know. I go back and forth. Basically what I'm saying is I don't know what the hell is going to happen with this channel. <laughs> I don't know if YouTube is going to continue allowing me to stream. But you guys, what you can do is support the work we do here via the Streamlabs, via the Super Chats, or there's a uh, PayPal link in the, the description as well, or become a member, PrimalEdgeHealth.com. We do weekly coaching calls up in there. If you want private coaching, we still do private coaching. Still enjoy doing private coaching. Best way, the most affordable way to get coaching, though, is to join our weekly coaching calls by becoming a member. There's a link down in the description below. You can become a member for 15 bucks a month. Or if you do one year, you get, I think it's like, ends up being like 40 or 50% cheaper. That's the way to go. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with this in the future. We got, we got all sorts of good stuff coming up. We got a bunch of topics to hit on this week. We didn't even get a hit on half the stuff we talked about so far. Um, but, you know, while, while, we're on, while we're on the psychonaut subject, we're on the psychonaut subject. Let's, I'm going to pop over here. Here we've got, let's learn a little bit more about, I've got my DMT trip report. We'll play that. How about that? 
How about that? We've heard about hedge herbivores, DMT. I'm sorry, uh, psilocybin. Mushroom report. Here's my DMT troop report, bros. You guys want to listen to this? And if you got any, you don't have any more super chats. No more love or support from the super chats in the audience. We'll wrap it up. Next stream coming up, probably Thursday. If you guys support, you get more streams. So yeah, hench herbivore, gleaming the cube, like Christian Slater. Was that like 1988 that movie came out? Gleaming the Cube. Anyone seen that? It's terrible. It's really corny. Really funny. There we go. We got one more super chat. One more super chat. Tofu86 said it five bucks. Has purchased Jessica's keto-friendly baking cookbook. Looking forward to it. Right on. Thank you. Thanks for the support there. Uh, you guys make sure to check out the... The Carnivore Cookbook, Zero Carb Recipes for People Who Really Love Animals. What else? What else? This is a good one if you guys are looking to... I, I'm a soy boy because oh, I love soy. I, I'm a soy boy. If you're looking to create nutrient-dense, good quality animal foods in your kitchen, look no further than the Carnivore Cookbook from Jessica here. What else? Do we have any other links in the description? What else in the description? What about we... I know we've got... Uh, if you guys are looking for good quality... What else? I don't know. What else are we? What else are we? All right. <laughs> anyway, check out PrimalEdgeHealth.com. Got a lot of new articles up there. Um, check out the. Uh, there we go. We got our free carnivore diet shopping list. Free carnivore diet shopping list in the description down below. You can check that out too. Tofu eighty six. Thanks for the support, dude. I see your name popping up every once in a while. Let's see. Tofu, DB, Zyklon B, Brandon, Mecca Wing, French Carnivore, Danny B. Thank you guys for the support. Bear, Rooms Farm, uh, Bear Roots Farmer, Raw Milk Dude, Mylan Ed Smith, Luthien the Mortal. I want to thank you guys all for supporting the chat. Really appreciate that. I didn't even read. Luthien the Mortal donated two bucks through Super Chat. It says, like, OMG, I totally love your mask. <laughs> Sideshow Bob, South River. Thank you guys for supporting. We appreciate that. Remember, you don't get these streams without that support. I was harping on, on it. All right, guys. You can find more at PrimalEdgeHealth.com. Let's check out. We'll learn a little bit more about, <clears throat> about the psychedelic experience. The medicine. We'll just close with this one. We'll close it out. We're almost three hours, four, almost four hours now. We'll do this another time, actually. We'll watch that another time. We'll, we'll expand on this whole psychedelic thing later on. And we'll just play this. Who cares? <laughs> Psychonostic 777. Psychonostic. you with another intrepid trip report. Uh, this dude, Psychonaut6999 on YouTube, talking about the DMTL. Like, you know what's up, dude. Whatever, bro. Obviously, this guy hasn't broken through, man. His fucking ego's so big. Like, I can fucking see it, dude. His fucking ego's 
just way bigger than mine still but anyways dude i'm not trying to hate i ain't trying to show shade on no homies i'm just kicking it here in the apartment in sanitas just fucking got back from Filiberto's, dude got a sick ass carnivore Lola at the front desk was like, yo, dude, your fucking eyes are so red, bro. <laughs> I was like, whatever, just give me the carne. So, like, oh, man. So, this fucking DMT trip, I just gotta tell you guys about it. Um, I don't even know... I don't even know where to start, dude. Like, I'm still... I'm still reintegrating into, like, my reality or whatever. Um... Like, my dad called me earlier. Uh, I couldn't even answer the phone, dude. It's just like, fuck, man. Like, what the fuck do you want, dude? Yeah, I got your fucking bank transfer, bro. I paid my rent this month. I'll see you again next month, dickwad. So, sorry, but, like, fuck, man. It's always calling when I'm stoned. Um, I, I got this fat hit of DMT for free for my bro um my boy Roscoe uh he fucking lives over in Felton um but he's like a legit shaman like this dude's legit like he he's from Austin like lived there for like several years yeah so anyways dude I'm fucking kicking in the apartment and like the Chargers game just got over like pretty fucking ripped blazed up a fat bowl OG Kush and I was just chilling man my boy Roscoe showed up uh Roscoe's legit dude Roscoe's got like fucking full-on connects all over dude his buddy is a legit shaman like like truly legit traces his lineage full-on apostolic lineage tracing back to Terrence McKenna um his girlfriend chastity she's fucking banging dude hot ass stripper loves coke uh, she's fucking hot dude she used to be in an open relationship with aubrey marcus and his cat and dude she's got fucking crazy stories dude we were just sitting around blazing some dabs and shit uh but she was telling me that in like 2014 at burning man she totally banged elon musk in the fucking orgy tent dude uh she doesn't she's not like a hundred percent sure because she was candy flipping uh but she's she's like kind of sure that she she banged him dude um so anyways like she she's not with aubrey anymore uh so i don't know but like a couple times she did meet joe rogan she actually met joe rogan so like yeah uh whatever dude i'll probably Maybe I can get on the show or whatever. If you guys like, like and subscribe. Maybe like Joe will see or whatever. Like, not trying to, uh, you know, whatever, dude. But, anyways, this is my trip report. Trip report time. <laughs> what up, Psycho Nuts? Dude. Craziest fucking DNT trip, dude. Craziest fucking DNT trip I've ever had, man. So, like, me and Roscoe just kicked it or whatever for a little bit. Fucking smoked a couple of parliaments. I had, like, half a Newport from that morning. Smoked that up. A um, little bit of a buzz. And he's like, dude, time to blast off, man. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready, dude. He's like, yeah, I know you've been listening to that Terrence McKenna, dude. You're good. 
And I remembered like the night before I listened to like four hours straight of His Holiness Terrence McKenna. Um, so I was fucking set, dude. Uh, loaded up the bong, <sighs> threw a little pinch with a fairy dust on it. And I took a rip. Huge fucking bong rip, dude. Huge fucking bong rip, dude. Huge fucking bong rip, dude. I fucking held it in. I'm trying to hold it in for so long. I let it out. Oh, and I felt my fucking lungs, they like shattered, dude. Like a million little alien pinprick dewdrops from the ether penetrating my every orifice and every single cell in my body. And I disintegrated, dude. I fucking disintegrated. It was like I could see my ego just disappearing, man. Disappearing. Uh, uh, and we're, we're listening to fucking, we're listening to fucking Angel of Death by Slayer. Um, and that's like a pretty sick song to trip to, dude. Angel of Death, uh, it's pretty fucking dope. Um, so I'm like hearing the lyrics of this song, Angel of Death! Um, and, but it's not like the normal Slayer song. It's like the sound was broken up into like a million different teeny tiny Keebler elf voices that were literally manifesting my reality. Like, I know it sounds weird, but it was like I instantly transported into another dimension. And out of this dimension, I could like see physical matter coming into existence, being played into existence by Slayer and a bunch of fucking machine elves, dude. And the little machine elves, they were like offering me these Keebler treats. They're like, dude, take one of these little crackers, dude. You know, those little Keebler elf things with like the chocolate fudge in the middle or whatever. I'm like, fuck off, dude. I don't like the dry part. I just want the inside. So like they let me like take like a few of them and I just scraped off all the icing, shoved it in my mouth, dude. But like none of this was even happening like in the physical reality. I asked my bro, I asked Roscoe later and he didn't even see any, there were like no Keebler treats even like anywhere. There were no elf cookies in my house, dude. But I fully experienced and ate the inside frosting of those elf cookies, man. So I could just feel myself being like wrapped up into a cocoon like the universe was like putting me in a womb and my boy said I was sitting there I actually got video of it we were fucking snapchatting the whole thing uh it's on my snapchat make sure to follow me on snapchat by the way um we fucking live streamed the whole trip uh and I was in the fetal position um just humming the whole time like outwardly but inwardly there was something totally different going on dude the Roscoe loads up the bong Puts a little pinch of the white fairy dust DMT on my bowl. I fucking blaze it in one rip, dude. One rip. It felt like my fucking lungs turned to glass and shattered. I'm gonna take a huge hit, dude. Get out I felt like my fucking body turned into a million different tiny vibrating L's, dude. Like traveling down this tube. And I was being like rolled up into a giant blunt. Big old backwards blunt, dude. Like fucking raspberry flavored. 
um, and it was like this giant entity deity with a million jewel encrusted wings just about to smoke me up dude and there's like this giant Thai Buddha and he's got two on it kettlebells one in each hand kind of overwhelming because it was like this giant entity and I could see it but I like I couldn't see it at the same time and it's holding these two on it kettlebells and the one is Oprah's face and the other is Elon Musk's face but Elon Musk's face is upside down and one of the eyes is red and Oprah's face looks exactly like Oprah's face normally does it's fucking horrific dude and in his lap's like this giant fleshlight and it's like jackhammering him the whole time dude there's a giant fleshlight just like joe rogan sells and he's not even touching it it's like this fucking giant hermaphroditic zordon and i'm like the fucking white power ranger like being manifested for the first time or something it was like a weird deja vu feeling I don't even know how to explain it. Its face kept changing form. Like all these different Pokemon characters and stuff. And it was like Charizard was devolving into Charmander. Fucking Pikachu and stuff. And it was just, the face was just twisting around. It's like incredible presence. And his voice, this one voice, but it was a million little tiny voices. Incredible like transvestite, like transhuman voice. And I realized Dude, that's Terrence McKenna. Guess what he said? He was like, What we call reality is a lower dimensional slice of a higher dimensional phase space. And we slice this higher dimension with the knife of language. I realized at that moment, that's Terrence McKenna's voice. Whisper to me out of the ether of a million Keebler elves. And it said to me, You're fucking God, dude. And I was just like, What? What? Like, what? It was like, Yeah, you're the most highly evolved being that there ever has been on this planet. And the whole fucking universe depends on you, bro. You're God. It's all God. And then it all started vibrating again. And I almost felt like I was coming back to my body. But then the elves started singing at like a higher pitch. And I saw this like mirror in front of me. But it also looked like water. Like I could just step through it, dude. Like in fucking Stargate. And I'm like standing there like Kurt Russell in Stargate. Like about to put my hand through the veil. And all of a sudden I see my own reflection and I hear in my own voice dude you're God bro and I was just like whoa what and I realized in that moment dude that that was the same realization that I had already had on every other DMT trip that I've ever had and broke through on um, and when I came back there was like this indescribable feeling that I was like one with everything dude like just one with the universe like I am everything and like I'm my mom I'm my dad I'm Amy Schumer like, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm you. 
I'm Joe Rogan. Dude, we're all Joe Rogan. Right? It's like, if I'm God and Joe Rogan's God, dude, that means we're all fucking Joe Rogan. It's like, if I'm God and you're God and Joe Rogan is God, then we're all as fucking sick as Joe Rogan. Huh? Oh, I'm fucking Joe Rogan, dude. I'm Joe Rogan, too. You're Joe Rogan. I'm Joe Rogan. We're all Joe Rogan, dude. Whoa. Just got fucking shivers, man. I just got chills. And that's the trip, dude. After that, after the mirror, I looked at myself in the eyes. And I was like, dude, you're fucking God. You're fucking handsome, God, dude. And I, like, leaned forward to, like, give myself a fucking fist bump. And when I went to fist bump myself, as soon as I touched the mirror, everything fucking disintegrated. And I found myself back in my body. And then I had this, like, remembering... It's like a memory that this is the same realization I get every time I do DMT. <laughs> but it's so weird. I realize it's just my own ego that keeps me from being like really fucking happy, dude. I just knew that my ego had been totally dissolved, just disintegrated. And I finally learned to like truly love myself. So it's like if God can't love God, then what's the point, dude? So yeah, like my last little message to uh, Psychonaut6999 or whatever. Uh, uh, you're kind of a poser, dude. Doesn't seem like you really have ever broken through on DMT. Uh, whatever, shout out to you, hope you fucking get your shit together and lose the ego, bro, um, cause I can tell right now that, that ego is like, it's pretty big or whatever. When your ego really dissolves, you don't have that vibe like you got, man. It's like different, like I am now, man. Like, like I know that my ego's dissolved, that it's way fucking smaller than your fucking big ass ego, dude. And like, you're God too, man, and we all have the wisdom of the universe vibrating on and through and in our bodies, dude. We're like that flashlight that the giant Thai Buddha deity was wanking himself with, man. We're the flashlights of the gods, bro. Uh, shout out to Joe Rogan for turning me on to DMT. Shout out to His Holiness, Terrence McKenna. Um, may he rest in peace. Fucking shout out to Roscoe for the craziest hit of DMT I ever had in my life. Shout out to the Keyboard Elves. Thanks for the Cosmic Scooby Snacks. Uh, uh, and this has been another trip report from Psychonostic777, dudes. Uh, keep tripping, trippers. Oh,